Hey guys, what's up? This is Ed from VinylAlbumCovers.com. With me as always is Dre. I'm sure you're wondering what on earth the kit happened to us. The only answer I've got for you is life. Yeah. Lots and lots and lots of life. But we're back now, um, ready to go with a brand spanking new topic that we came up with a few hours ago. Tonight we're going to be talking a little bit about covers that are better than the originals. So that's, that's, that'll give us some fertile material. Here we go with the beginning of parts one through five. Um, I'm kidding. It's probably not going to go that far, but well, you know us, don't you? They, yeah, they get the gist. Yeah, yeah, they get it. If you've been watching thus far, yeah, you're, you're in for something. Um, all right. So uh, we're going to go ahead and get started then. And uh, Dre, hit us with the first one. What you got? Okay. Um, the first one is going to be um, Who Can I Run To uh, by Escape. Um, which was actually done by the Jones girls, I want to say about 16 or 17 years earlier. And I didn't know this until about 12 years ago, um, mm -hmm. listening to one of the Quiet Storm stations and I'm listening to it. And both both versions sound very similar. There isn't, there isn't much of a difference between the versions. And um, I had heard of the Jones girls before, but I had never heard that particular song. Mm -hmm. And uh, so when I heard it, I was like, man, that sounds just like Escape, like, like, there's not much of a difference between the, you know, between the songs and Escape nailed it. Um, I can't really think of, they didn't really deviate from, it was basically just a cover. There was, it wasn't like a sample, it was basically a cover and they they did not derail at all from, from the original at all. Um, I was very impressed by that because I've always liked the Jones girls. I've always liked their sound. Um, to me, they they harmonized very well. It was, it was to me, they were almost like in vogue before in vogue, uh, you know, the four women, uh, um, Really strong vocals by four of them and um you know as a collective unit they're just really really good and so and i was never really a big fan of escape per se but i was you know after hearing the jones ghost version i appreciated the escape version even more um so yeah that's my that's my first one right there because yeah, there was some i mean as far as as far as the two versions are concerned it's between the two of them i mean they really are kind of the same it's almost yeah karaoke rather than one being an improvement over the other and i mean as far as escape is concerned there's yeah. some pretty suspect singing going on in escape i mean they, yeah. had, they had a couple of voices that were pretty decent tiny was mm -hmm. this um, yeah she could be really shaky pitch wise um and then, and then, and then the other ones whose name is escaping me wasn't so great either in their escape. Get it? See what I did there? And then <laughs> the harmonies. I remember especially hearing them on tonight, and I thought this is this should not have been released. Like this is not good. This is really shaky. Like, and you know what's funny too? Because um, I'm just kicking it. This is a song that I've always I've always liked the beat, but yeah, um, I don't remember who was singing the lead, but she didn't sound very good at all. I think it was Tiny on that one. Yeah, she didn't. She didn't. She didn't sound very impressive. Like she just kind of had like this. Like take off the issue. Like I don't know. It was just so kind of robotic. I, I don't know what how you describe it, but um, yeah. you know, like I said, I've I I didn't hate them, but it had a couple songs that I've always liked. But I was never like a like a real big. I was always I was I was always more into SWB or In Vogue than I was Escape. But after yeah. listening to the after listening to the Jones Girls version, I was like, man, okay, so they really can sing. They just choose not to half the time, but they really they really can sing when they really you know put their mind to it. So I was impressed, you know. Yeah, that is a good track, and it does work really well, and I think it probably owes a lot to the production, too. Yeah, production yeah, very true. It's just solid. That's not, that's not an easy track to nail, and yeah. they nailed an almost karaoke version of it, which in this case is not an insult. I mean, they got really close to it. Yeah, and I remember uh, I was about 11. This is probably 95, and that song was all over radio, too. So 
It was, yeah. It was. Yeah. You couldn't. You couldn't escape it. Um, I'm sorry. That's the last time. It's just so easy. It's. I know. I I put that up with the plate, didn't I? I locked I mean, it over the plate. On. It's. Yeah. I got a swing on it. I'm only. Here. Yeah. Um. So. <laughs> so okay. So I'll give you one of mine. Dre has like a million, and I have like in my brain right now there's literally like two so i'm just gonna i'm gonna this is gonna be either gonna be very dre heavy or my assumption is that as he's going i'll think of other things yeah i'd, I'd much rather improvise that way um but um but yeah so the first thing i thought of is a little esoteric um he's by it's by an artist named zoe um zoe ferguson he's a he's a dc artist um but he's, he was born in Detroit, born and raised in Detroit, but his, his studios are out here. Um, and he released uh, like a trilogy of EPs, I guess you'd call it, called Just Visiting. Um, okay. Just Visiting's one through three. And they weren't, um, they're not for sale. He gave them away um, because, you know, if you can give them away, you don't have to pay for the rights. Yeah. He was just kind of trying to get himself out there and it worked FYI the whole thing worked like a charm But um, as soon as I knew of their existences I downloaded them and as a result became an absolutely raging fan of Zoe and if you're not something's wrong with you um, I'll put the website in the description so you can get the albums because they're still available to just take for free and they're fabulous Is that um, Lorenzo Zoe or? Yeah, yeah, Lorenzo Ferguson. Yeah, yeah. okay, okay See, I knew you knew. I was trying to be all esoteric, and you know anyway. So, <laughs> I don't really know too much. I've heard the name before, though. Man, I'm trying to tell you. But so, but there was a record that was released in. Oh gosh, I can't remember the year anymore. This is what happens when you get old, kids. Don't get old. <laughs> but this was like the early '80s. I want to say it was '82. It was released only in Japan. A record by Eric Tag. Okay. called dream walking okay the title track is very cool and there's a couple of really cool that promises promises is, is cool um anyway uh, let's not get into a discussion of eric tag but at the very end of the record not that the variant but i think it's like the second to last tune there's a song called marzipan um which is a really silly title the lyrics are silly but the music is really cool and so I was kind of sort of starting to get into Eric's version of it because I have that album. And uh, and then I stumbled on these Zoe EPs that I downloaded. Um, and I downloaded them one right after the other because I, I, I wanted all of it. Like I heard Black yeah. Cow and I had to have all of it because he nails Black Cow. Um, with the, but that's that's another that's another one. But but at any rate, so um, <laughs> Mars, with Marzipan, the vocal is Eric Roberson, and you kind of oh. fail with Eric Roberson and the yeah. background of Fonte. Um, really, it's, it's ridiculous. It's so good. Like it takes. There's already sort of an inherent groove in the Eric Tag version, but it's even more vicious. It just bangs the way Zoe does it and it's got this Dilla thing because he loves Dilla just like we all do yeah so got this very kind of Dilla almost off almost ahead of, so far ahead of the beat it's almost off so you got Dilla uh Fonte and you got Eric Robinson all in this one track basically yeah it's re <sighs> I wonder if I've heard that before ridiculous I'm gonna uh, check that out yeah, you need you need to hear it. It's ridiculous. Just, just Eric's vocal is enough to seal the deal. And if that's not enough, then you get Fonte in the background and the choruses, or doing the choruses. It's more like step outs than backgrounds. Yeah, 
but it's just ridiculous. And Zoe's playing, my gosh, it just absolutely murders the original version. I mean, I haven't heard, I haven't gone back to the Eric Tag version in a couple of years. There's no okay. need. Like, I am a huge Dilla freak. So yeah, who isn't? Dilla beat on something, I'm going to listen to it, and you will, yeah. you will get me with it. Yeah. I'm going to check that out. Yeah, you have to send me, send me a link when you get a chance because I'm going to check will. that out. That's, yeah, that's, a, that's, a deadly, that's a deadly combination right there. It's ridiculously, it's so, bro, it's absolutely cranking. It's so, 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 so good. Um, okay, I'm done. You. All right. <laughs> I could go on about that forever. All right, so I'm going to go, I'm going to go way, way back in the day with this one, like way back before me and you were born, before our parents were born, probably before our grandparents were born too. Um, so there was a song called At Last uh, by Glenn Miller and his orchestra. And I didn't know this until about four or five years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I heard it. Yeah, you know, it's whatever. Uh, but, you know, there was a young lady that came along about, you know, 25, 30 years later with uh, Chess Records. Um, you know, Edda James. I'm sure everybody's heard that name before. No, who's that? Yeah. <laughs> and she 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 took that song and completely, completely made it her own. Um to the point where nobody even knows that 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 it was a remake you know um, yeah. i don't think many people really know that it's a remake unless they just bothered to look it up you wouldn't know that um it, this song is played everywhere um no 60s playlist is complete without it. it it's played at weddings it's played at dances it's played at homecoming dances proms uh you hear a lot of movies tv shows um no no matter how old you are there's a chance you've probably heard that song somewhere before in a commercial or like you said at a dance you know um Edda James had such a beautiful voice. Uh, and yeah, like I said, she completely just destroyed the original to the point where it doesn't even exist in the minds of people anymore. Um, yeah, Edda James, at last. Yeah, I couldn't agree. I couldn't agree yeah. more with that. I mean, it, and it's, it's, it's almost tough yeah. for, for me to look at it because I do, or had been up until COVID-19, had been doing a fair amount of work in open mic and everybody, every woman thinks that they're Etta James. Right. And so I end up hearing, end up, ended up hearing a lot of attempts on that song because that's really what they were. Yeah. To be perfectly honest with you, in terms of like currently listening to it, it's nothing I'd ever put on anymore because I'm just sick to death of it because of what's happened with me work-wise. Yeah. But it is a great song and I'm not deaf and she sings perfectly and um the 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 only thing that i will fault at a james for mm-hmm. are the people that she influenced if i never hear christina aguilera go near that song again oh yeah christina aguilera yeah. sings it and it's a hot mess she doesn't yeah. understand subtlety she doesn't understand what makes songs work she doesn't understand how to sell how to tell stories Right. She's notoriously bad at all three of those things, and all of her worst tendencies come home to roost with At Last. It's awful. It's on YouTube. There are several yeah. versions of it. And it's just terrible. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't care much for Beyonce's version either. Um, it was a. It was a lot more tame than Christina's. But yeah, yeah too, I've never. I, yeah, I've, I've. I've. I've never really heard like a version after Edit that I actually did. Like, oh man, I like that a lot. You know, I've never really heard. You know that. You know so. Um. Yeah, Eddie James nailed it, man. She she completely made it her own. And whenever an artist can take a song that was done prior to them and they completely make it their own to the point where people don't even know what the original was or even know that there was an original, you're, you're doing something. And like you see, you hear that in karaoke bars too, you know? So Oh, it's every, it's like people's go-to karaoke tune. 
Like, yeah. And, and the thing is, it's black women, it's white women, it's Hispanic women. Everybody tries to emulate that one particular song. Yeah, and, and, they, do, that, and they do it the way she does it. Like, they use right. her licks and her little runs and her man. Yeah. Not using anybody else's. Right, right. It's, it's kind of like... Well, I'll get to it. Let me, let me, because now you just made another one come into my brain. Okay. There we go. There so we many go. things. Of course, you're probably going to end up saying it and I'm going to end up having to hold on to it. So I'm going to, I'm going to keep it esoteric. Okay. All right. I'm going to go with a group out of Alabama, uh, out of Oakwood College. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were on the sing off on NBC. Okay. And they won the year they were on, I believe it was 2012. Um, and they released a record. That, of course, a record, if it's coming from a TV show, is going to have plenty of covers on it. And generally, they're not going to be worth anything. Thankfully, mm-hmm. it was not the case uh, with this group. This group is called Committed. Um, and they released a fair amount of, of covers on the record, but they're all highly listenable. But none are more listenable than their cover of Sweet Home Alabama. I kid you not. It's actually really, really good. They did a they, they did a, they did a remake of that song. They did a remake of Leonard Skinner's "Sweet Home Alabama." And it's like a it's like is it like an R and B version or? Yeah. Huh. It's it grooves for days. The singing is ridiculous. It is it is almost completely a cappella except for some okay. percussion assistance, but it's basically a cappella otherwise. Okay. And it's fire. It's absolutely, it doesn't, sa- it's, he, the, the, the arranger, um, uh, Tommy Gervais, who sings with the group, is a great voice and a solo right. career of his own at this point, yeah. but he's just ridiculous, I love Tommy. But anyway, he took the tune and just completely, like, eviscerated it, just, like, took away anything that was remotely rock and just made it groove. The vocal arrangement is insane. It's just... Like, I don't even think of the Leonard Skinner version anymore. That's... Wow, really? I absolutely love it. It's just... Because I'm a black guy, and that's the only version I've ever heard, you know? So, yeah, that's... It's, it's, it's always interesting to see artists do that cross genres to take a song and then, you know, bring it back to the genre and, and completely nail it. You know, that's hard to do. It is, yeah. And it's... Yeah. I mean, I first heard it, and I went, huh? Because I saw it on the back of the CD... And I was actually driving to, to see my father, who lives down in, in, in Fredericksburg. I'm in D.C., so it's a little bit of a distance. I have plenty of time to listen to things. Uh-huh. And the song came on, and I had to pull off the side of the road. It was so good. Like, how are they getting away with this? Like, this should not work, but it does. It's right. just so good. And you don't even, like, it makes you forget. Very quickly, it makes you forget the Leonard Skinner version. That's how good it wow. is. Wow. And the singing is just insane. And I mean, it's just like, why did nobody think of this? It's the work of, it's the work of genius. I know that sounds like hyperbole, but it's just that good. I'm I'm curious now. I'm very curious. I've never heard it before. I'm going to have to send you that link too. I love that I went so esoteric that Dre Dre now knows not two of the tunes that I've come up with. I love this. Yeah, I'm impressed. (laughs) <laughs> it's, he's very difficult to stump and I've, I'm very proud of myself and that can go on with my life now just because I stumped him twice but yeah so yeah. committed sweet home Alabama you gotta hear it I should put the link in the description of these things maybe I'll do that Yeah. but, if, but even if I don't like go search it out you will be rewarded I promise you alright So okay your turn 
Next. Okay. Um, so this so this song it's not I wouldn't say it's as good as the original, but I thought he did do the song justice. Um, it's I mean it's Sam Cooke, so you can't really top what he's what he's done. Um, a change is gonna come. You know, obviously everybody's heard this song before. Um, Seal did a version in 2009, 2009, 2010. Her, I saw it on uh, <clears throat> um, VH, VH1 Soul, and still, still, like I said, it's it's not it's, it's never gonna top the original. But I thought he did a really good job with it. Uh, uh, Seal's always been a really good singer. Oh, he's looking at me crazy like that. For have you heard this version before? I'm just gonna let you finish. Yeah, and so <laughs> I I. I listened to it and I was like, okay, he did, he did, he did really good with that. Like I said, it's it's never gonna top the original. Uh, you know, Sam Cook, Sam Cook is a goat of R&B, one of the goats of R&B. But I, I thought still did a really good job with it. Um, and so I applaud him for that. And I know you got something to say. I know you're gonna say something. You know what? I'm gonna be nice for once in my miserable life. I'm gonna <laughs> see. For me, when you bring up that song, the cover yeah. that I think of, and you're gonna yeah. think this is completely insane. You just brought it to my mind. What's that? Wayne Brady. I'm his version. His version was okay too. I heard his version before. Finally, all right. Finally, Ron. I've heard that. I've heard that version. It's so good. I mean, it's karaoke. It is. Yeah. It is what it is. All yeah. the mannerisms are exactly the same. But if you, but I mean, just as a, just as a, as a vocalist, just mm-hmm. to be able even to pull that off, and that key is very strange. Yeah be able to pull it off in that key and to nail it and to not sound like you're straining mm-hmm. pretty incredible and i mean obviously that song lays right in seal's range that's nothing for for him to for him to do that yeah but wayne absolutely to, to my mind anyway between the two versions and yes i have heard seal's version but between to me mm-hmm. if i had to pick the superior version i would pick wayne's quite easily Ooh, I don't know about that, man. I don't because <laughs> Sil's voice that? sounds nah. Sil's voice sounds really good on that track, man. It just sounds really good, um, like his range and, and everything. Because Seal is kind of like smokier, which yeah. I don't mind. Like I, yeah. I like that a lot, but I kind of there's there's almost kind of and maybe this is why I like it so much. It, mm-hmm. It's just from Wayne Brady, you wouldn't expect it. That's a that's a fair point. Like, in fact, that record is full of things you would just not expect from Wayne Brady. It's a good record. I bought it just on the strength of, um, what was it? The Ordinary? Uh, I heard heard Ordinary Life, and I liked it. Yeah, that was a good song. I have have that on my iPod. Yeah, and I just went ahead and got it, and I was rewarded. Like, there there are a couple of cringy things on that record, to be fair, but (laughs) where he's trying a little bit too hard. Yeah. but most of it's actually really, really solid. There's a the song about his about his recently divorced wife. It's excellent, but that's not what we're here for. But the, okay. uh, but the, um, yeah, I really do like his cover because it's just you. You would not think that he could get away with something like that, and he hmm. could, and he could tell the story. I thought it was yeah. really, really effective too. I can see why you would like Seal's version better, though. I yeah. completely get that. Yeah. So pardon the look. It's just. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> but I can, but I, but I can see why you would like that version better. Yeah, I, I do get it. Yeah. So, but there's a, there are a few good versions of that tune, to be fair. So. Yeah. But none of them top Sam. I mean, at the end of the day, like. Yeah, yeah. They're all using his as a template anyway. Just like with yeah. that last by Eddie James, like they're all using that as a template. Yeah. And you're just, just going to do better than that. 
just unfortunate we never got a follow up from Sam, you know. With that, you know, fortunately. Yeah, I know. Man, can you imagine? Because he was just, because he was really like, he was really, I mean, he was already great, but he was really, really about to like go to the next level after that. Yes. I kind yeah. of feel that way about, um, I mean, we've, we've already talked about the one that you know I would say, but I was kind of feeling that way a bit about Marvin Gaye too. Because he just got off Motown, was on Columbia, like he was yeah. really about to totally be on his own. Right. He was beginning to understand the value of collaboration, was doing it all mm-hmm. through Midnight Love. Like, I, I really wonder where that would have gone, you know? Yeah. I think he was I mean, somewhere really interesting. But it's hard to top what he did in the when, in the early 70s, because to me, that, that's that got to be one of the, among the three or four greatest R&B records of all time. It's kind of hard to top that. It but is. I did... Yeah. Well, go ahead. Go ahead. You first. But I, but I did really enjoy what he did in the eighties when he when he made that comeback, and I really enjoyed his uh, rendition of the uh, national anthem at the NBA All Star game. I thought yeah, that nobody, was really well done. Nobody had ever heard anything like that, and people have attempted to emulate its approach yeah. and have fallen flat on their faces. Yeah, it's, it's not it's not easy to do what he did. Talking to you, Fergie. <laughs> Fergie. Yeah, she 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 tried to do something similar, and it's hilarious. It's on YouTube. If, oh if boy! You, if you need to know. You you don't, by the way. Just trust <laughs> me. You don't need to know anything about it. It's that bad. Twitter's yeah. are over it. Oh man, it's, yeah, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm curious. I'm about to look that up just just because now. You won't get you won't get ten seconds into it. You'll start laughing and you won't be able to. Get it. It's that bad. It's oh, it's so bad. Uh. <laughs> and the girl can sing. It's not like she can't. She can definitely sing. But that oh, Fergie. yeah. Fergie. But I'm not. I'm, I'm not really a big fan because the whole. I think she kind of butchered Black Eyed Peas. I loved them so much more before she got there. I'm sorry. This is a, this is a whole like topic that we could get into at some point. Yeah, uh, like, yeah. Black Eyed because I'm just gonna say this real quick and then we'll move on. Yeah. No, I know you have when to. I, I know what you're gonna say. <laughs> when I when I first heard Black Eyed Peas uh, joints and jams. Yes. This is the next Tribe Called Quest. This is what I thought. This is Tribe Called Quest. Me too. And then after after 2001 or whatever, I'm just like I, I don't know you guys anymore. I don't know what you guys did. I don't I don't want to know. Where is the love showed up? And I was like, nice idea, but this is the best you could do. Like, y'all used to be fairly forward thinking, and this is like chart chasing crap. Like, I mean, it was, it worked for them. I mean, they were successful, but it, it was just, did that. See, it did, yeah. but I mean, at what cost? Yeah, because I remember their, their very first album, man. Like I said, Joints and Jams. Like, when I first heard, I was 14, and I was at that point, I was already in the Tribe Called Quest. So when I heard that, I was like, man. I love this. I love this album. Yes. And then it just it just fell apart after that. Completely, Completely. fell apart. Yeah. They had, there was another the, the, see now we're doing it anyway. There was, <laughs> they had another they had another woman in the group and that was because right. she was she, she could sing. She, she was decent. She was great. Yeah, she was good. But then yeah. they brought in Fergie who'd previously been in in the in the trio Wild Orchid, which is a pop trio. Yeah. And she she came in and she can sing. I'm not going right. to say that Fergie can't sing. She can sing. Yeah. And she came in with this whole other thing. And I guess it was a combination of Will I Am and Interscope that just thought, I know what we'll do. We'll sell out completely. Like, I've right. never seen a group sell out more completely. They just yeah. completely sold out their talents. Entirely. And I kind of wonder how, how Will I Am sleeps at night knowing that. Because that, that was bad. It was really bad. They had so much credibility and killed it yeah. And then they just right. became a disposable pop act that moved, because at the time of Joints and Jams, they were telling mm. whole stories with albums. Right. And yeah. And they got to Where Is the Love and Don't Funk with My Heart and all that other nonsense. They yeah. Did a singles act and they flamed out. Yeah. 
Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was hard. To, it's hard to watch that, you know, Man. and to the point where you even for you even forget that Johnson Jams was them. You forget that that was them. It was like a whole other band, you know, right? A whole other group. So, and in Yeah. fact, it was. Yeah. So, Okay, I'm I'm done with that. I just had to get that out I of the know. way. I had, to, I had to get that off my chest since since it was since it was on the table, you know. I Had know. to had to mention it. I'm I'm the one who brought <laughs> it up. It's my fault. oh man. Ugh. Um. So okay, so so I got another one, and Okay. this is this is nothing I was gonna say, but just as as is your custom, like you Right. things into my brain, um, and this is gonna come out as blasphemy to those of you who love the Beatles, but I don't care because I don't like the Beatles. Um, I'm not a Beatles fan, um, but so. They released Money Can't Buy Me Love, and I don't remember the year because I don't care. Um, Yeah. I think mid sixties, was I think. it mid-60s? I'm sure it Yeah. was. How nice Yeah. for them. And it's fine, I guess, for what it is. It's just not Yeah. my thing. That's all. I mean, Yeah. I couldn't say I'm it was the same way. Fabulous Fools. It's just not my thing. I was Rolling Stones guy, but yeah. Yeah, it's just none of none of that. I'm, I'm just not a British Invasion guy. I'm an R&B guy. But, but by the time... by the 90s and forgive me as i can't remember the year that another level by black street came out either it's my brain's Okay. not doing i think it was 98 i think wasn't it it's 98 The second album or the third album? yeah second album second 96, album 96. it was 96 okay Yeah. let see shows you what i know but i heard that record i bought it off on the strength of not no diggity but don't leave me Mm -hmm. because no dig no diggity's fine but don't leave And that me was a great, that was a great remake too, Don't Leave Me, or a great sample. Carry Yeah, On. yeah, 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 yeah. 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 By the way, yeah. Thank you, Yeah. Garge. That that Yeah. that song, like that song, created careers. Yeah. Thank you for staying with me very much, Bunny DeBarge. We love you. Um, and that song is fire. But then, as I'm getting through the record, then all of a sudden I stumble on money. The title "Money Can't Buy Me Love." I'm like, this can't be the same thing. There's no way. And sure enough, it's this complete like. disembowelment of money can't buy me love it's a totally different tune feels so much better and chauncey's vocal is crazy good and the harmonies with the sub roger vocorder thing going on in the background it's just absolutely genius teddy riley is just ridiculous he's just out of his mind like where Yeah. are you going like forget it and like Another level was like the best of Teddy Riley. It's the best he's ever been. All concentrated on one record. It just there's just jam after jam on that album. And like and there's better stuff even than Money Came By Me Love, but that's up there. Like I dearly love that song and the way that Chauncey delivered the lyric and it just especially when it gets to like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna butcher it for you, but I may not have a lot to give. but what I've got, I'll give to you. Like, it's just kind of, when the Beatles do it, they kind of threw that line away. Mm hmm Right. And it really felt like something when there was an intimacy and a real connection that, that Chauncey had with that lyric, and he, along with the two-part harmony that made it work, which is a production trick. Um, but it's just, to me, it absolutely destroys the Beatles version. I never need to hear that again. Like, that's, for me, as an R&B lover, I agree. that's I agree. music. I've, I've, heard, I've heard the song a bunch of times, and I, I definitely agree with you. It's genius. I, I, it's like I'm listening to him like, how do you, how'd you think of this? Like, how, how do you think of these things? Like, it's genius. I never would have thought of that.
And it's been covered the same way out the aforementioned when we mentioned Wayne Brady's when it came into my brain, because Wayne Brady did <laughs> kind of a copy of, yeah. of that song, but not of the Beatles version of it, but right. Backstreet's, which is kind of cool. And it works. It works the way he does it. But nothing, nothing will ever, for the rest of my life, nothing will ever touch the Blackstreet version of that song. It's just amazing. It's just amazing. I'm, I'm with you there. I'm, I'm definitely with you there. Anyway, blah, blah. Your turn. Next. Okay. <clears throat> so, <clears throat> Holland Oates, I'm actually a fan of this group. I know some people aren't, you know. And uh, so, Sarah Smile, I mean, that's just a... When you hear the opening, when you hear the opening, it, it just sends goosebumps up your spine, the way the song starts. <laughs> Yeah, man. It just, it's, it, yeah. yeah. So after Seven did a version, I want to say in the late, the late 90s, 96, 97. I didn't think of this. And I was like, Holland Oates, move over. I move mean, over. you're Move right over. There. Man, uh, man, man, man. I heard this and <laughs> I just like froze like, what? Like, I got to hear that again. I got to hear that again. That was one of those songs that I played. I want to say like four or five times in a row when I first heard it. It was it was that good. Kevin Edmonds, uh, Come on, man. Kevin. He completely called him Kevin. I'm gonna slap you. <laughs> he, com- he he completely he completely blew that out the water, man. Completely. Yes. Holy crap! The vocals and the the notes and the way he carried it home. Yeah. I, dude. I mean, he he yeah. Like I said, Hall and version is, is greatness, but this this tops it though. This this tops it. Yeah, and that and a song like that you would you wouldn't think would be possible, but he but they did it though after seven. I have nothing to say. Like you're exactly yeah. that's exactly how I felt. I think a lot of it had to do with the fact that it was in a slightly lower key too. So that could have been a little too. darker. Yeah, I mean the lyric isn't, but uh, darker isn't maybe more sincere <laughs> and a little yeah. more um, a little more involved production wise. Yeah, just the vocals, man. It's just like. Yeah. <laughs> Golly, yeah, man. That's what made it work, I think, was shifting it into a slightly, a slightly lower because I think it's like a, I think it's like a step down, I think, and it just sounds yeah. like the key's just better, I think. I mean, golly, when I heard this, man, I was like, I gotta hear that again. I gotta hear that again. Like they, like I, I, I had heard the song like when I was a kid, and I guess I probably didn't appreciate it, and then I heard it again like ten years later, and that's when, a kid, like you couldn't feel the emotion. Yeah. And, and that's when I and that's when I was just blown away, man. Because I I love the Hall and Notes version. I love Hall and Notes as a band, you know. Yeah. And so when I heard After Seven's version, man, I it's like I just wanted to get up and applaud, man. Like I just I just wanted to like give, give him like a slow clap for that one. Yeah, I was I remember hearing it for the first time and kind of thinking the exact same thing. Like, oh my yeah. gosh, yeah, like, <laughs> institution. Like, they did that. Like even R and B radio grabbed it, like yeah. they couldn't deny it, and it's like, Kevon, you fool! Like I'm, I wasn't even surprised, really. But I was like, yeah. why, is, why, why you gotta hurt it like this? <laughs> what did it ever do to you? Like, yeah, <laughs> so and I, I don't. I don't even remember if that wasn't either albums. I think that wasn't a soundtrack because I don't think it wasn't the third album. I don't remember that. So I don't... I, I, it's on the greatest hits, of course. But okay, it's not taking okay. my time. I can't remember. I don't remember it being on that unless it was like a bonus track or something because I don't remember hearing it on the original album. I think it I... might have just been. And I think further, I think it's just <laughs> uh, it's just Kavan and Melvin. I don't think that. Um... I can't remember his name. That's t- don't get old. Don't do it to yourselves. Um, the, the the third guy in after seven. 
Danny or uh No, no, Danny's now. He replaced Melvin. Is Melvin the one the, the, the one that oh, okay, the one that Jason. Jason Edmonds. Not Jason. Jason Jason also replaced Melvin. Um it's Keith. Keith? Keith. I couldn't cut Okay. Please forgive me. I couldn't think of it. But yeah, like but it's just the two of them, just like Ready or Not is. Ready or Not is just Kevin and Melvin. Keith is not involved in that song either. When did Keith join after seven? He wasn't there. He wasn't there in the beginning, was he? He was. He was there right at the beginning, yeah. Huh. Yeah, he was there at the beginning. For sure. Because okay, when it started, which it was three of them, right? Yeah. And he was one of those three. It was Melvin uh, Melvin, Kavan and, and Keith. Okay, I didn't. He's like this, the. He's like the. This was '89. Yeah. You would have been a little young by that point. Yeah, I was probably like five or something. Yeah. Yeah, you might not have been so aware, but I. Yeah. I that record the moment it came out, like as soon okay. as I'm ready or not, I'm like copying that. Yeah, ready or not is a yeah. I love that song. Yes. That that, that is like that, that that is like premium private storm listening. Yep. 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 That yeah. and um and uh yeah I, I care I care about you by milestone. Oh, was Casey and JoJo? <sighs> yeah, but do you really care about them after you heard Kavan? Like, it was kind of weird seeing that collaboration because that that wasn't really. I, I guess this was right around the time when Casey and JoJo were going more family friendly. I guess, but at, at the time it felt kind of weird. But it, it but it worked though. It it did completely work, but I mean, for for me, like, yeah. I mean, it's all very nice and everything, but when Kevon yeah. started, and Melvin too, for that matter, because Melvin could sing his face off. Yeah, well, that was just, that's, that was their style of R&B, so of course they were going to do it better than what Casey and JoJo could do. I mean, that, to me, that felt like more of like something that Boyz II Men would have jumped on, as but opposed to Casey and JoJo. So, so check it. There's a, a performance, yeah. there's a, maybe you've seen it, but there's a, mm-hmm. a, a performance of them on the Oprah Winfrey show when they, were, okay. when they were promoting Soul Food, the movie from which it comes. Yeah. Um, and the soundtrack is oddly really good. Print, so you can't get it, but it's so good. Mm. It's weird, right? Like it's not on Apple Music or anything, and you can't you can buy the CD, but um, it's a yeah. little pricey at this point because they know it's out of print. But, okay. Um, but yeah, so there's a version. There's a version of them doing it on the uh, on the Oprah Winfrey show, mm-hmm. and just, I mean, Kavan is a force of nature. Just yeah. it's you forget that anybody else is there. He just kind of. He's not doing it intentionally either. Yeah. It's just that he's that good. Like yeah. when he when they launch into that bridge, yeah, he it is and and JoJo jumps in on the lower harmony. <laughs> JoJo just kind of disappears. Yeah, he which is hard to do. Matter. Yeah, because yeah, he could sing at that point. Unfortunately, yeah. he can't anymore. But at that yeah. point, he still had his voice. Yeah. And he could still do it, but even it, but at that point, I mean, Kevon just turned him into chopped liver. Just yeah, because he's just better than everybody. Like, I don't know that there was a better tenor, male tenor, working at that point than Kevon Edmonds. I yeah, really my, don't think there was. I care about you, man. That's a good one. Fire, absolutely fire. Just Kevon is so good, but and he does. And speaking of covers, now we can get back to the topic. Yeah, <laughs> it, they did this great cover off of the um, off of their last <laughs> album, uh, after Seven's last album, the one that Jason is on, by the way. Okay, that Jason is on it, and Melvin is on it a bit too, although he's auto tuned because he'd already had a stroke, I believe. Yeah, but um, so he was kind of he needed auto tune to help him regulate pitch, but it's fine; it doesn't matter. But there's this version of um, "Betcha by Golly Wow" that is basically just Kavan. 
it doesn't that was on reflections or or was it um no 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 not reflections um oh the one that came out a few years ago yeah that one uh, i don't think I've, i don't think i've heard that yet man look <laughs> I, don't think, I don't think i've heard that yet the album is called timeless and i knew that but i'm old so i couldn't remember yeah, it's that whole album is absolutely unadulterated fire. The whole thing. Like, I I've heard um I want you and, and let me know. I I think off of that album. Uh, okay, I have to go back and um, and pick those attention. I, I got I got some songs on that album on my iPod, but I haven't really. Everything is great. Of, like the song, yeah. everything. Not ev- no, literally everything. But the song is called okay. Everything, and that's great. Jason leads it, and it's phenomenal. If okay. I. My gosh, it's not fair for an album to be that good. And I was a little late. <laughs> on Running out is great. Um, uh, too late is great. Like it's yeah. just everything. Uh, loving you all my life. Like everything. Okay. You don't understand. Like everything is like. <laughs> it was just I was not expecting it when I got it because I heard "Let Me Know" and I thought, "Let me give this a shot." Mm-hmm. And I listened on I listened on iTunes just to snippets of things. Yeah, and I went. It can't really be this good, can it? So I bought the whole thing, and it is. Hmm. It's fire from beginning to end. It doesn't have a bad track on it. It's that good. I'll take your word for it. It's after seven, so I, I definitely could see that. You know, I have to take a. I'm gonna go back and listen to that. Man, but but no. When you go to like <laughs> Bet You by Golly Wow, and that'll just be my selection. It wasn't gonna be, but I guess it is now. Okay. It's um. It's revoiced a little bit quarterly, so it's not mm. the same thing. It's in the exact same key, which is nothing for Kavan Edmonds. It's just like walking down the street on a Friday afternoon. That's nothing. <laughs> and keep in mind, he was pushing. He's pushing. He was pushing sixty at this point. He's sixty, or he's a, he's that old. He's not a child. He's older than Babyface. He's the older brother. Because he, the dude sounds like he's like thirty-five still. Yeah, I know. I know he does. But no, he was he, 30, he was 35 when he started in After 7. He was already kind of older by then. Golly, because... His, He's 62 years old now. Because he has such a young voice, like a young-sounding voice. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, and he's kept it all this time. He still has ridiculous, ridiculous range. It's starting oh. to fade just a tiny bit now. I wonder what he's doing to keep his vo- to maintain his voice like that. I know people have like different secrets that they do. They do lemon juice and all kind of weird stuff, you know, with their, with their voices and... Man. I would love to know too. There's a few that are that age that are still killing it. Lenny Williams is still killing it from Tower of Power. He yeah. can still do all that yeah. I love stuff and he can still do yeah. it even now. Yeah. And I asked him on Facebook what he was doing and he's like, I just don't do anything bad. That he was doesn't smoke. Response. He doesn't smoke or anything. No smoking, no, no drinking. Yeah. yeah. Just, See, and, that, and, and that's what killed uh we that's what killed Casey because yes. I remember and Joe I, yeah, I remember I met both Casey and JoJo. I met them in 2001 at my dad's barbershop. Um, and uh, he was staying in Long Beach at the time. And they they would get their haircut with the same barber that my dad would get his uh, barber named Artis. And they came in and um, drunk, belligerent, just, just loud. And and it, like I said, I, I, I got a few words in. I met him, but I really, I was like, eh, okay, whatever. I met him. It, it, it was just... It was it was so annoying. It was just so like I, I've I've been around drunk people, but this was just so far beyond like just being drunk and just being chatty, and it, it was a huge turnoff meeting them. You know, it wasn't it wasn't the best experience. Um, 
you know, and I can see how they flamed out so fast for voices because them, them dudes are some stone cold alcoholics. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, Casey, because Casey's voice is just kind of like that, it doesn't matter so much. Right. But, but yeah. But JoJo was a tenor, and you can't do that to tenor voices. He doesn't, yeah. he has nothing now. There's nothing there. When they were doing shows pre COVID, he mm-hmm. was singing playback. Yeah. And I remember I saw, I saw a video of Casey that surfaced, I want to say about four or five years ago. Man, he just looked so bad. Like, not, not even just the voice, but just him in general, man. He just looked really, really. Like, he was probably, what, maybe 40, 45, 46, but he looked like he was about 60. It just looked really bad. Yeah, he does look older. There's another cover in there. You realize that you're walking me right to another cover. If you think you're oh, my. Now, Yeah, oh, Bobby Womack, yeah. That was on the, uh, the Jason's Lyric soundtrack. Yes, it was. I bought yeah. it just for that. And yeah. it was rewarded otherwise for other things on that record. I like the, I like the Whitehead Brothers. The, I like the Whitehead Brothers. Um, um, I was named that song. You know what I'm talking about. Um, Remind me. The Whitehead Brothers, uh, it, used to be a, it used to be a G. And then I liked the, the, um, the Will You Know, the Black Men United. Oh, that was really good. You Will Know, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, if Trouble With Money. Yeah. yeah. And Della Adams had a song on there, too, uh, Across the River. Yeah, that was really Elite good. Adams, yeah. Yeah, what I call her? I keep calling her that. I don't know why I do that. Called her Oletta. I did that again. I did like that she, again. Like she's a vegetable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember we brought it. We discussed her one time before, and I did the same thing. I did the yeah, same thing. Yeah, she was Oletta then too. Yeah. Oh well. I I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> that's that's my bad. Like they must have run out of iceberg, so we use Oletta <laughs> instead. Sorry. Um, oh man. But it, but that's a good one too. Like if you think you're lonely now. Yeah. I'm I'm cool just to hear that version. I don't really need to hear Bobby Womack's version yeah. anymore. It's done in much the same style, but I'm really not a Bobby Womack guy. Um, it's just a deeper story than that. But yeah, I'm not I'm not really a big fan of his. Oh, yeah, and it it, it, it goes far beyond the music. It's just just some stuff like reading about him. Oh, he's he a was, hot he mess tra- as a human being. Yeah. Oh my goodness, man! Yeah, yeah, like yeah. the Sam Cooke stuff. Oh boy. Yeah. Yeah. Sheesh. Look it up, children. <laughs> Look it up. Yeah, it's Bobby Womack's mess. Tell a friend. Yeah. Um, okay, so I covered I covered one by accident, so it's your turn again. Okay, so this one, uh, one of my all-time favorite songs. Uh, my mom kind of put me onto the song when I was little, "Lovely Day" by Bill Weathers. It, it's it's one of those songs that when I hear it, like it it it, it, it gets me. It, it, it gets choked up. I can't listen to it all the time. I, every so often I break it out, but it it's one of those songs I just get completely lost in. You know, Is I hear it. Original? Oh, you know what? I don't even know the original. I don't, but yeah, I don't know it. But I was actually going to talk about the role. Yeah, <laughs> but that's, that's not the version. Of, yeah, it's his okay. tune. I don't think it's a cover. I think that's just his. What Bill Weathers? Okay. Yeah, I didn't know there was another song prior to that. If there was, I didn't know that. No, that's just his. No, no, no. I'm not done yet. I'm not done. So, "Lovely Day" by Bill Weathers. One of my awesome favorite songs. The the re the one that I'm talking about, Kurt Franklin did a version in the late '90s. Um, I want to say it's on the the New Nation album, the one that came in after God's Property. Okay. '98, '99. They did a they did a version, and um, I, I always liked it. But then I heard it at a funeral one time, played before the actual funeral, and I just I I don't know. It just for some reason when I when I heard it that time, it just got me and it just it just grabbed me and I just kind of broke down. Uh, mm-hmm. My great my great uncle had passed away. 
And when, oh, I, when yeah, I heard I know where you're going, okay, I remember. That. Yeah, you know, you've heard that Lovely Day, you've heard that version, the, the gospel version by Kurt Franklin. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I, I loved it. I loved the pitches and, and the, the harmony and the just the, the tune. And at the end, I, I don't know the lady that was singing, but like the way she was shouting, and and yeah, it, it's really good. I, I love that song. And it's hard for me to say it's better than, than the, the Bill Weathers version, but it's, it's right up there for me. Yeah, yeah, that would. <clears throat> You've heard it before. You know what I'm talking about? I have heard it, yeah. Okay, yeah. I, I still think that it, it's, I guess, maybe in this instance, for me anyway, it's just a yeah. familiarity issue. But I think that the Bill Withers version is pretty definitive for me. Yeah, oh, yeah, definitely. You know, it's 70s, you know, listening, you know. But yeah, the, the, the Franklin version, I thought was done really, really well. Like I said, it, it's hard for me It's hard for me to say it's better than the original, but they did it justice, though. You know, they took, you know, put that gospel twist on it and they kind of made it their own thing. So, yeah, 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 yeah. No, I'll, I'll give you that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. All right. So, OK, so I have a you keep shoving things into my brain. So um, and this will be this is obvious. I'm going to give you something that's really obvious. So many, many thousands of years ago, back, mm -hmm. I think it was back in 19. What was it? Um, I think it, I think this is 1970, I believe. Okay. An artist showed up on the scene. Artist, songwriter, singer, songwriter named Leon Russell. Yeah, I know. I had that on my list too, but I kind of figured you, you were going to have There's it on yours too. No way, you don't know where this is going. You have. Yeah, to. I I know exactly where it's going. Yeah, but, I had it on my list too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. but he he released uh, he released a song called uh, Oddly Enough, a song for you. Isn't that better? Mm -hmm. Um, and it's his version is decent. It's not terrible. He's not much of a singer, um, but it does feel real coming from him. He mm. wrote it about someone, and so it feels it does feel very organic and, and very honest coming from him. Um, about a year after that, my favorite yeah. artist of all time, yeah, released the only cover of that song that matters. Yeah. Um, and it's, there are very few better songs, period. Never mind cover versions. It's just the, 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 the descending piano lick, the, the, the liberties he takes with the melody vocally. I mean, it just feels absolutely perfect. And it's almost, it's almost like elegy the way it comes off. It's, yeah. it's one of the best covers of anything I've ever heard. And it's his, like you said. It, it, the, anything that came after that was was done to kind of emulate his, and not Leon Russell's. Yeah, that's it. And the, I mean, the yeah. only deviation I can think of is when when the Carpenters took a shot at it a year later, or a couple of years later. No, a year. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was a year later. Um, right. And Karen has a, Karen Carpenter had a great voice. She just did. Yeah. And her ver and the version that they did is very pretty, and it isn't like Donnie's. It's complete. It is different. Um, it's got a nice little sax break in it. It feels kind of like, um, it feels almost like cocktail jazz at certain points, kind of like a saloon song. Mm. Um, and it's longer. Um, and Karen's voice is ridiculous. You're not, in terms of like female pop vocalists, she's as good as it ever got. Um, and there will never be anybody better than that. Um, and anybody that, anybody that appreciates singing is well aware of that. Thank you very much. But still, like, there's a way that even as even even given how completely she resonates, mm -hmm. 
there's nothing like a Donny Hathaway vocal. Nothing. Yeah, because, yeah, yeah. Go ahead, go ahead. We, we, we both agree. He's the greatest voice of all time. We both agree on that. Yeah, done. Like, period. And just, you, you, you can... Go ahead, you, go can ahead. Hear, you, you can hear the pain in his voice, man. You can just hear it. You know, it's it's a depressing song to me, but it's one of the songs you just can't stop listening to. This yeah. is, there's so there's so much pain and and heartbreak and and darkness and it, it's yeah it's 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 something. It's powerful. Yeah, it's, I mean the song in and of itself, even just taken as a tune, like the song itself is a is it's kind of like a it's a dichotomy. Mm-hmm because it is a love song but the way it was written it just it's tragic there's a, sa- a tremendous sadness to it yeah the it, way- it, it, it almost feels tragic like he's like like i don't like you know they didn't have music videos back then so i don't it's almost like he's like he's on his deathbed or he's I, I don't know or she's on her de- I, don't, I don't know it's it's hard to describe like right. like they were together and if for some reason he didn't treat her well or you know he didn't treat her like he should have and he knows he's at the he, he knows he's at the end of the line and he's re- and he's you know singing his regrets and he's singing his heart out and it's 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 a it's it just sounds very tragic you know the way the way he sings it and and the tone of the you know of the song you know yeah, and it's and it, had I been thinking more clearly, I mean, it, it's it's yeah. it's in the B section. You came out in front, and I was hiding. Yeah, but now I'm so yeah. much better. If my words don't come together, listen to the melody because my love is in there hiding. Yeah, I, mean, I defy you to find me a better lyric than that. Like, yeah, it's just, you're, you're you're absolutely right. It's such a good lyric, and I mean, even just thinking about it kind of gets me. But it's yeah. just such a great tune, and um. And all of the other versions that have succeeded Donnie's version have copied his. Mm-hmm. I remember one specifically that I really liked um, was Ray Charles' version of it. Um, mm. Ray, it's Ray Charles. Ray isn't playing the piano. That's Greg Fillingaines, and we both love dearly. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, but it's just insane. His version of it is in, it's in a lower key because he's older. Yeah. But it just works. It's if you haven't heard it, it's. I think it got a Grammy the year it came out. Really? And it should have. It's that good. Um, but there's. I've heard. I've ahead. heard it before. I've heard it before, but it's been a while. It's insanely good. Even even though knowing even knowing where it came from, because all you can do at this point, because Donnie's is so definitive, all mm. you can do is do a variation on his arrangement. It's just the accepted version now. Yeah. So everybody has to do that cascading chord, that cascading chord thing. Everybody right. has to do it. It's just the way it is. Yeah. Um, but his version is just spectacular. So there you go. Two good cover versions for one, but um, <laughs> but they're they're just excellent. But nothing nothing beats Donnie's version of a song for you. It's yeah. one of the best covers ever done in music history. I agree. Definitely agree. That's a good one. I, I knew, I knew, I knew you had that one. Cause I was gonna, I'll just let him. I'll let him. Uh, I did it though. Dive in that one. Oh, you did? You oh, okay. Said, you said something, and I went. Yeah. Wait a Ed, you idiot! Like it went. Yeah. It went into my brain. So. Yeah. All right. So I got one. So this is um, the, the original is by my all-time one of my all-time favorite artists, Anita Baker, uh, Angel. Uh, I, I can't think of a single bad thing to see say about Anita Baker. Anita Baker is she's 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 on the pedestal to me, man. I I I absolutely love her music. I can't think of a single thing. Bad to say about her. Um, Layla Halfway did a version of that um, four or five years ago. Have you heard it? No. Really? 
You got me. Congrats. She did a. She she did. It's it's like a live. I think she, it's it's a live version. It's you know it's on the album, but it's a live version that you know she put on the album. Knocks it out the park. Grand slam. Wow. Okay. It you know the it. it Okay, so you know how we talked about um, intro's version of Ribbon in the Sky that they did for, you know, the cover Steve Wonder? Oh, that's another one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but oh. so, so Layla Halfway did the version, and the first two and a half, three minutes of the song, it's Anita. You know, she does, she does it like, a, like Anita did it. Right. And then the last two minutes of it, she does her own thing with it, puts her own little twist on it, and just okay. makes it her own. And, you know... And like I said, I, I can't think of a single bad thing to say about Anita, Anita Baker's music, but I think Layla got her on this one. I think Layla got her. Oh, yeah. no. I, I, think, I, I think Layla got her on this one. As big of an Anita Baker freak as you are to say that? Yes, yes, wow. yes. Wow. That's a lot. Right yeah. There. But I, I've always loved Layla, too, though. I've always loved her music, you know. Um, I have yet to dive in, really, into Layla Hathaway. Yeah, I liked... Um, I don't even know liked why, her, but I haven't. Really? I, I even liked the early stuff, like during the New Jack Swing era, uh, era uh, Baby Don't Cry. Um, with I think Angela Wimbush sings the vocals, background vocals on that. Oh, I've always, yeah. I love Angela Wimbush. You ever heard that? Baby Don't Cry? That's her first album. I've never... I, I haven't delved into Layla. I just... Somehow I have missed. I, really? I, I am ashamed. I know. Really? I'm wow. ashamed. I know. I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> Like she's not she's not quite a, she's not quite like her dad, but she she really created her own lane, especially later in her career, like towards the mid to late two thousands, as like you know, Quiet Storm Radio was becoming its you know its own force of nature. She she carved out her own lane, and she's been very 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 good. I've seen I've seen her in concert. She's very very good. Um, love, love her music, but yeah, I think she got Anita on Angel. I think she got her, and that's hard to do, man. That's hard to do. Dag. Yeah, Gary, I'm gonna have to check that out for sure. Then yeah, and you can tell it was a it's, a it's a live recording because you can hear, you know, people, you can hear people singing along with her, but it's just it's so good. It's just it's really so good. I can't words can't do it justice. You got you got to listen to it for yourself. I will count yeah. on it. All right, yeah. I gotta check that out then because I do love that Anita Baker version. Yeah, I have to check that out. That I know that took a lot for you to say. Yeah, it did. <laughs> It did. It did. So, all right, since you brought it up, we, we must go there. Okay. So, Stevie Wonder. Yep. Songwriting genius that he is. Mm-hmm. He gave us Ribbon in the Sky, and his version is very cute. Yeah. He didn't do too much for me when it came out, but, but, I, but I, I understood why people loved it. It wasn't, for me anyway, it wasn't until 1993 that I heard a version of it show up on PGC, which had been the R&B station around here. I didn't know who did it. Mm. And I heard it maybe two more times, and the stupid DJ, it was Albie D at the time, he wouldn't identify the artist, drove me nuts. (laughs) I did, did, you remember that? Like, didn't you hate that? Like you would hear something and you couldn't get an identifier and there was no internet at this point, really. Basically, you had to get a tape, sit by the radio, and then hoped they played that song and just, and just get it on the cassette. Yeah. Only way it was done back then, man. Good times. Good times. Yeah, yeah. with radio <laughs> compression and the ad that would cut off the end of the song. And yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, the agony. Or the DJ that would like talk over it at the very beginning so you never got the beginning of the song. Yeah. Every time, man. Every time. <sighs> oh, man. Thank yeah. God for Satellite Radio. Thank God for that. It was hard times, y'all. Hard times. Hard times. Yeah. Be glad we're over that. But finally, after maybe the third or fourth time that I heard it, he f- 
it wasn't him either. It was, I think it was Dejour, but he finally identified the thing. Mm. And I was, I remember I was downstairs in my little music room and it was like, it was like 9.45 at night and I was getting tired. But I heard the song and that woke me up real nice. (laughs) And he finally identified it. And I had a pen nearby and I wrote it down and I went, well, I guess I'm taking a ride tonight. So I got in the car (laughs) and drove myself to Tower Records because they stayed open until midnight. Nice. This was, yeah, this was, this was 93 and yeah, and it, it wasn't close. It took me about 35 minutes to get out there. Okay. But I had to have this, I had to have it. And so I thought I'll just, I'll go to the wall and get the single because you remember they used to have the singles on the wall. Yeah. Yeah. I'll just get the single and be done with it. Surely the single is out. So mm-hmm. I go, and there's nothing in the single rack. Like, no. <laughs> and I'm looking everywhere for it, like in the, in the CD singles, not there, <laughs> you know. And so I thought, let's see if there's an album for it. So I go, and, I, and there's one copy of it, and it was in a busted case. Like, the case was just destroyed. And it was the only one they had left, and they wanted like sixteen bucks for it. You remember what it was like then? It was, it was yeah, fun. yeah. And I'm like, I have to, like, I have to have the song. It's driving me nuts. <laughs> I have to have it, and I have to have it so that it sounds good. And I'm sure, like, I'm sure the rest of the record will make it rewarding. Like, yeah, I have to. So I, for for a single song, your boy went up to the register with that beat up CD and bought it. I didn't even care that the case was busted. Remember, I took the cellophane <laughs> off of it, and the case just fell apart in the car. <laughs> just dead. Yeah, the CD was intact and it worked, and I played it. That song is so completely good. The Untouchables yeah. are responsible for its production. Okay. And it just, it's just, it sounds like 1993. Yeah, it, it does. Yeah, and then like Kenny Green's vocal, my gosh. Like he outdid Stevie on his own song. Mm-hmm. There are very few instances of that, but that's just how good Kenny was kenny green was so good and so agile vocally and so such a good interpreter that he could outdo stevie wonder right not easy dude was just he's the most underrated r&b male vocalist maybe ever and not only that but that whole album was pretty good yes especially if you're if you okay especially like for you if you just bought that album only knowing that one song yeah. You got you got let me be, let me be the one and love thing too on, on that and come inside like you, you got your money's worth. Yes, I was were, I I was not bothered. Okay. Yeah. Like yeah. I I was stuck on that song on repeat for a good couple of weeks because mm-hmm. I was impressed. It was so good, but then after that I started listening to the rest of it. I'm like, and just as you mentioned, like those tunes, I was like, I'm yeah. fine with my purchase. We 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 good. Right. Like. It was yeah. So I, I liked intro, man. I remember, like I said, I remember when I was nine, um, I didn't know who they were, but I remember Let Me Be The One. I remember hearing it and, you know, after a while, you know, came and went. But then I I rediscovered it again back in like 2002. And I was like, that's who sings that. I've been looking for this song, man. But yeah, that's a that's a very good album. Like you said, it sounds very, very of the time. Yeah, but it's 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 a it's a solid album, man. Like, if you know, it's very solid. You know, they're they're, you know, Kind of like them and what Silk and Ace Town kind of emulated Jodeci's, you know, fashion, the baggy jeans, kind of look more like more hip hop than R&B. But yeah, them, them, boy, them boys are sing though. 
they they yes. could sing especially yeah. Kenny because most of it was Kenny mm-hmm. right like most of yeah. those stacks are just one voice they're not three and that was I mean that was mm-hmm. that's customary with a lot of vocal groups especially mm-hmm. of like with like High Five and others like that they right. just take Tony Thompson and just overdub him a thousand times to make him sound like a group yeah. That was done a lot. The deception was real, but yeah, and they did it a lot of ribbon in the sky too, at, at at the end. Yeah, that's it's basically just Kenny. Yeah, with probably very little of 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 uh, of, of Buddy and the other guy whose name is escaping me because I'm old, not because he's, he's who, he it, Kenny's one that passed away, correct? Ken, yeah, Kenny Kenny passed yeah. away from AIDS. Yeah, yeah. I think that's actually I think that's actually how I rediscovered intro. Uh, what was that? Two thousand one, two thousand two? Because I saw an article. And then, you know, intro, and I was like, huh, I was like, let me check them out. I was about 17, 18. I had uh, Audio Galaxy, which was kind of like a, a thing you can download music. Because after Nap- Napster had been kind of, you know, they had kind of caught on the Napster. So I had to find other sources of music, you know. And now mm-hmm. and I, I, started, I started, and that downloaded Let Me Be The One was the first song I downloaded. And I, I instantly recognized it, instantly recognized it. I was so excited. I was like, man, I've been looking for this song for like six years, and I finally found it, you know. And, uh, but yeah, they're in the Ribbon in the Sky song, as you said, for some reason, I wouldn't give it the time of day because I was such a huge Stevie fan already. So I'd hear it, I'd, I'd get to like the first minute and a half, and then I would skip over it. And this went on, this went on for like a good five or six years, and then finally, I just let it play, and I was doing other things, and I heard the very end of the song, and I stopped what I was doing, and I was like, I've been missing out this whole time. I've been missing yes, out this whole have. time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I was I was probably like 23 when I finally like just gave it a good listen and I was very impressed. That oh ending that ending okay like the first 2 minutes of it are good but that ending just just makes it incredible. It does. Yeah. 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 yeah that's it's I'm, and I'm even going to give you two for one now cuz I thought of another one. All right. So the second record came out by the same group. That's it mm-hmm. all fits together. And yeah. I bought that album Note Unhurt. I didn't know what was on it, but I didn't care. Like, mm-hmm. surely the second record's probably going to be even better. Well, yeah. the truth is, it isn't. It's not terrible. It's just not mm-hmm. as good, unfortunately. It falls doesn't, off. Doesn't it doesn't have the singles on it that the first one has. It doesn't. It's like, I mean, I got, you get, I got two things out of it. Mm-hmm. But, the, the, but the cover, that was, they did this cover of, um, of Bobby Caldwell's What You Won't Do For Love. Yeah which is sickeningly good. In fact, it's one of the earliest productions of the production team we now know as the Neptunes. Um, man, I, you, man, I forgot to put that one on my list. Man, it's so, it's, it's so ridiculous. Like, the rhythm is mm-hmm. completely different. Mm-hmm. Um, Kenny sings it like nothing. Like, again, like he's walking down the street on a Friday afternoon. It's just nothing. It's, mm-hmm. like, it's in his pocket all day long. Just absolutely nails it. Um, they even nailed the horn licks at the end that I was waiting for. They even gave me a little of that in the fade out. Um, yeah. It's all done by voice, but it sounds absolutely fantastic. The groove is crazy. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's it's not... Bobby Caldwell's version is definitive. I'm not going to yeah. go down that road. But yeah. Man, it's close. It's really close for me. I... In- <sighs> I honestly haven't listened to that second album. It, it's been a long time, so mm. I'd probably have to go back and give that a listen. You need to. It's great. And Somebody Loves You is great, too. That's the other song I got off of it that I love. Okay. I didn't know they remade that, too. Okay. It's it's not it's not a remake. It's just theirs. Oh, okay. But it's... Dude, it's so good. It's so good. All right. Um, <laughs> but, but, yeah. So, I mean, the intro just 
became the master of, of cover for me after that. Like <laughs> just just incredible covers, both of them. So okay, yeah. I gave you two for one. So next. All right, I got one. I got one. And I think this is better than the original. And I know you're probably going to jump on me, but I feel validated in saying this now because of what happened 10 years ago. So Prince did How Come You Don't Call Me? And uh, Stephanie Mills did one, I think, like a couple years later, which I thought was kind of whatever. You know, I heard it. But then I heard Alicia Keys' version in 2001. And I remember at the time I told my stepdad this and we almost we almost got in a fight because my stepdad's a huge Prince fan. And Mm -hmm. I told him, hey, man, this version is better than Prince's, man. And he almost he almost lost it. He, he almost lost it. But I feel validated in saying this now because in 2010, at the BET Music Awards, uh, they honored Prince with the Lifetime Achievement Award. He was there in the audience. And, you know, a couple of people did, you know, different variations of some of the songs. Like Trey Songs tried to do Purple Rain. Mm. And, Prince, and Prince's reaction to that was priceless. It, there's there's got to be a gift somewhere on Google that you got to find, man. His reaction to Trey songs, he like rolled his eyes, like he did not just try to do my song. You you got to find it. Mm. And there's a and, and there's a chick sitting next to him that just starts cracking up laughing at his reaction to it. Mm. And yeah, Trey, don't get me started on Trey songs. But anyway, yeah. Alicia Keys, Alicia Keys, yeah, Alicia Keys went on like a maybe like a hour later she performed, and she did like three. She did like three songs, three covers of Prince's songs. One of them was How Come You Don't Call Me? And Prince was loving every single minute of it. He was loving it. He was up dancing and he, he was loving it. Like, and Prince seems like the type of guy that's very hard to impress. Yes, Alicia, Alicia, Alicia Keys got him. Like he was loving every minute of her, her performances. And so I feel validated in saying that I like Keys' version better than Prince's. And that's not the knock Prince's version because Prince is, like I said, he's one of the goats to me. And it's it's a great song, but I thought Keys, I thought she nailed it though. The bass and her tone and her delivery. And she's always been a good singer and she's a great piano, you know, piano player. So yeah, I thought she nailed it. And to see Prince enjoying that her, her version the way he did, just validated my opinion. Well, I'm about to shock you because I completely agree with you. Oh wow, okay. I thought you were gonna jump. I thought you were gonna jump down. I thought you were gonna jump all over me for that one. No, 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 no. I agree with you. Okay. I completely agree with you. Like it has a completely, it's done in yeah. the same key as Prince's. Yeah. Why mess yeah. with it? But it was done in a, in a in a woman's key anyway. Yeah. But the it just it the groove. Mm-hmm. Like, come on, and, and and like I I I believe her when she's you know it, all I want to know is baby if what we had was good how come you don't call me like I totally believed her. Yeah. Totally believed her. That's half the battle right there. Like, yeah. I got to know you're in it to like tell me the story. Yeah, and she does. It's very convincing. She does an yeah. excellent version of that tune. I agree completely, and it is did, better than Prince's. Did you ever see the BET Music Awards 2000, 2010? When did you see? Because he was honored with the Lifetime Achievement Award, and he was like I said, I probably when, did. It's been when Keys time. was up. When Keys was up there, man, Prince was having the time of his life. Man, I've never seen Prince like that before. I wonder if it's not on YouTube, if it can't be looked at again. Yeah, but you, you got to But look up his reaction to Trey Songs. I'm telling you, you're going to laugh. Yeah, but then that would require me to listen to Trey Songs doing Purple Rain. No, there, there, there should be like a gift. There's probably like a gift of it. <laughs> you, can, you, can, you can probably find the, I know, I'll try to find a gift and send it to you, man. It, it's hilarious because Prince, like, Prince like gives his look like, and then there's a chick sitting next to him. She's bald and she just starts cracking up at his reaction. I mean, she just starts, I mean... Yeah, like Prince was not feeling it at all. 
No, that's a that's a that's a little too much song for Trey songs. <laughs> yeah, the, the only people that I feel can do that, that can do Purple Rain, are Maxwell and D'Angelo. Those are the only two voices that come to mind. I don't. There might be some others, but those are the only two people that come to mind that can pull that off. I think. Yeah, a lot. A lot of people were taking unfortunate liberties with that song after Prince passed. Really, and most of them shouldn't have. Oh, there are co- there's there's there are covers of that tune. Maroon Five did one. Oh no, they didn't. It's not a disaster. I promise okay. it's not a disaster. It's just not, it's not, it's not good enough, but it's not a yeah. disaster. Okay. Um, um, uh, oh, geez. Uh, Chris Cornell. How'd they get permission? Because uh, the Prince owns his masters and he's very picky about his music. Uh, but, but he passed away. Oh, so this was after he passed away then? Yeah, this was like okay. a free for all period. Okay, yeah, because I remember you, you couldn't even find his stuff on YouTube. You actually had to buy it if you wanted to find it. It was hard to find on YouTube. And... Imagine that. If you want to listen to somebody's music, you have to buy it. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. I won't yeah. go there. I won't do it to you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know, but yeah. Mr. Audio Galaxy over there to my right. <laughs> hey, man, I was 17, man. I, I didn't have no real money back then. Uh-huh. It's an excuse. <laughs> Save until you do, you putz. Uh, right. Oh, man. <laughs> uh, all right. So, do I, yes, I have another. Okay. So, um, I have never heard another cover of this tune by anyone. Um, because nobody's dumb enough to try to cover it. Um, it's a, a British duo back in the late 80s, early, well, yeah, mid-late 80s. Um, they released a song called Everything She Wants. This is, oh, okay. Wham. It's, it's wham. Yeah. There's an H there. It's wham. Um, I'm messing with you. But the, with the exclamation point. Yeah. So it's wham. Um, anyway, I'm, I'm being an idiot now. Um, but anyway, so, but the tune comes out and I absolutely fell in love with it. It's a great song. Just kind of is. Um, it's a legitimate story song. It's got, it's got great lyrics. The groove is insane. Who doesn't love a good Lindrum? Mm-hmm. Um, and George did it all by himself. Like Andrew was not involved in that recording. It's all George. It's one of the okay. solo things. Um, but at any rate, so the tune came out and went all the way to number one everywhere. Um, it did well in the R&B charts too. It should have. It's an R&B song. Um, many years after the fact, I mentioned Zoe to you earlier on one of his just visiting things. Took a shot at it. Um, and it's genius. What's the, what's the name of the song again? Everything She Wants. You've okay, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Song. I've never heard the remake, though. I've never heard the version you're talking about, though. So good. So Fonte does the lead on it. Oh, okay. And it's... George's version feels good because he wrote it and he tells the story really well. Mm-hmm. Um, but Fonte's is darker. Like the okay. track is like midnight. It's so dark and angry, and because George George kind of took like the exasperated route. Mm-hmm. Like I'm trying I'm trying to give you I'm trying to give you everything, and nothing is good enough. And oh great, now you're telling me that you're pregnant. Like yeah, I'm I'm already not giving you enough. How am I supposed to do it now with a kid? He was exasperated. Fonte was angry, and so it feels. Not not angry as in loud and brassy or anything, but angry as in there's this dark undercurrent. Okay. 
that he brings out of it that that didn't that did not come out otherwise. Um, the vocal arrangement is completely different. Um, the groove is, of course, because it's Zoe, it's very Dilla beat, just mm-hmm. slightly ahead, but still kind of sort of on. Yeah. Um, it's just it's just ridiculous. And the best part is at the end of the tune, he they mix in a little bit of Remember the Time by Michael Jackson. Wow. Interesting. It makes perfect sense, though. Like, it totally fits the story. I can't, I can't, I can't see it in my head, so I'm going to have to listen to that, because I can't really picture that combination I'll, in my head. I'll send you the link. It's okay. fire. It's so, it's so ridiculous. Fonte's vocal is just perfect. Just yeah. perfect for it. Me and you are big Fonte fans, so I'll probably I'll probably enjoy it. So good, but it's like it he it ends up becoming it's it's not a it's not a completely different song, but it's a completely different dimension on that song that was not otherwise there. Okay, I still have no problem listening to the Wham version of it as long as it's the really long one, like because I okay. want like the C section and the whole I want the whole, all six minutes of it. If I'm going to listen to it, I want the whole story. But, man, like, it's hard to choose. That's how good Zoe's version of it is. I'll have to send it to you. But Okay. It's, 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 I'll put, you know, I'll do even better. I'll put the link in the description so you guys can check out these Zoe tunes. Because virtually every cover he did, and it's just, it's crazy. And it's all free. He's giving them away. But Oh, nice, nice. It's yeah, and and we know that you like to steal. So in this particular instance, <laughs> you don't That's actually steal. have borrow. to borrow. It's borrow. Just, no, you don't have to borrow either. It's just, <laughs> it, it gives it unto you. Oh man, <laughs> you don't have to find a way to steal it anymore. Yeah, okay. like you trying to do with that Eric Robeson tune the other night. But um, but anyway, sorry. Um, <laughs> but. Uh, <laughs> Jointheprocess.com, children. Uh, oh man! Stuff you want from Eric Robeson, uh, yeah. but but yeah, just a just an absolutely phenomenal cover, just phenomenal cover. Okay. What else you got? I know you. I'm, have... gonna, I'm gonna give you a two for one, like you did. Good. Me finally. So, uh, Boys to Men did two covers. Um, they did uh, "I'm Only Human" by the Human League back in you know, song came out in '86. I've always good? like. So it was good. But... I haven't heard it. Yeah, the Boys to Men version came out in '97. Um, Evolution, the third album. It's called. It's it's not the the title's a little different. It's called Human Two, right? But it's you know it's it's along the same lines. You you'd recognize that it's a cover or that it's a sample or whatever. And it's you know basically they change up the lyrics a little bit, but it's still kind of the same theme. Um, I love the Human League version too because it's so eighties. I, I love I love the I love the sound of it. Um, but I love the voice. To, but I love the voice to men version because them dudes can just flat out sing, man. That would I mean, be tough. That's tough to beat, though. Like, yo, that Human I, I, League version is. Ooh. Yeah, but I'll send you the the voice of version. Um, oh like it's, it's obviously more on the R and B side, and it's, but the vocals are top notch. Um, yeah, it's voice and man. and you know Juan Morris, man, he knows how to carry a song home. You know, he knows he knows how to bring it home. So uh, yeah, it, it's up, man. That that's a very very good song. Um, I was very impressed the first time I heard it. I've, I've loved it ever since. Um, the yeah. second one would be. Um, it, I don't want to say the second one is better than the original, but um, can I you send the rain? Can you send the rain? You've heard it. Can you send the ring? You didn't go where I thought you were going. Oh, where did you think I was going to go? You thought I was going yesterday. You thought I was thinking about yesterday. No, actually. Okay. 
Okay. But yeah. Uh, when you're done, go ahead. You're talking. Okay. I'm sorry. Yeah. So, can you send the rain? The voice. It was, which actually was the first version I heard. Actually, I didn't hear the new edition version. What? Or maybe I, or maybe I did, but I just don't remember it. I was what? like twelve. I was twelve. I was twelve when I heard. I the don't care version. if you were three. What? <laughs> Are you serious right now? Yeah, because I really didn't get back into New Edition. It was this song that actually got me, that really introduced me to New Edition. Yeah. What? Yeah. You you heard the boys to men version of it first? You know what? And here's the thing. I might have heard the New Edition version first, but I probably forgot about it until I heard the what? boys to men version. You, yeah. That, that just made it worse. <laughs> you heard it and forgot it? I was like oh, four or five. Not. That's when I came out when I was like four. I don't care if you were three months out the womb. <laughs> what? <laughs> are you serious right um, now? Are you serious? I'm telling you, man. Yeah. Come on, bro. Yeah. That was that's the first version that I remember was a boy's My version. gosh. Yeah. It's a good version. I don't want to say it's better than new editions, but it's a different you take on it. Not. No, I wouldn't say that because this is acapella. <laughs> But boy, but the boys to men version is really good. Like I said, acapellas are thing, man. They they nail it every single time. My gosh, I can't believe I just heard that come out of your mouth. Wow, <laughs> I'm blown. I'm so mad. Oh man. <laughs> but yeah, so I heard. Yeah, the boys to men version was was also I think on Evolution, the uh, the third album. Yes, it um, was. And you know, Wanye Wanye once again did did a good job. He's not quite Johnny Gill or anything like that, but he did a good job taking the song. Nobody's home. Johnny Gill. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But you know, Wanye is a good singer in his own right. Um, I don't know how he would have done. I don't know how well he would have done solo by himself. But you know, with Boyz to Men, man, he was he was phenomenal. Uh, He's even better now because his voice is deeper. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, um, but yeah, he yeah he nailed he nailed the song. I thought the the Boyz to Men version was actually it was really good. As a matter of fact, I think. They performed that for Michael Bivins, and that's how they got signed. Under it is. Or, that's exactly how they got signed. Yeah. Yeah, because they did. Wait, did they start off on Motown, or were they, were they under his label, or were they under both labels? How did that work? They were just working. They were working with him at that point. Okay. Oh so, yeah. Know, right. Yeah, and there's actually a cameo by them in the uh, new edition film too. There was no Big that. Ten yet, but they were working with him. Okay, and they and they kind of separated what by the second album, I think, because he wasn't really with them. At that point, oh, I think it was kind. Of, I think it was somewhat during the run of the first record. Things started to go south. Oh, they had a, they had a falling up. They had a falling yeah, off. They had a falling kind of... out with him. Yeah, it was over. Oh, money. oh, well, that sucks. Yeah, it does. It really yeah. does. He should have known better. He knew how it felt. He should have. Yeah. Known. Oh, he did that to them. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it didn't. There's a. Um, I forget where it is. It's on YouTube. There's a. There's an interview where they talked about it. Okay. It didn't, well, it didn't. It didn't go well. At least it wasn't like TLC Pebbles bad. At least. You know what it was? It was Questlove Supreme. That's what it was. I remember now. Okay. On Pandora. Okay. But they did a two-parter with Boys to Men, and they talked to them about all kinds of things. And you know, Quest doesn't pull punches. Aren't they on pretty good terms now, though? Because I remember uh, seeing a, a VH1 special on Boys to Men like way back in like 2003, and Michael Bivens did talk about them. He spoke highly of them, so I hope they're on good terms now. I hope so too. They may be, but I, yeah. I know initially things went so, things went sideways for sure. Okay, but yeah, I, I thought their I thought their rendition of "Can You Send the Rain" was pretty good. Um, like you said, nothing's going to top the original because that was at the height of the New Jack Swing, Jesse nothing. Jam, Terry Lewis, and, and nothing yeah. nothing can because there's no Ralph Tresvant. Yeah, because that voice to me, they don't they didn't have anybody that can hit that pitch like him. I mean, it was Sean and Juan Yeah, but the main singers, and they weren't really high enough to reach that type of. 
type of note, you know. It wasn't even just that. There's like this boy, to me anyway, there's just this mm-hmm. boyishness. Of the Ralph? Yeah, to the way Ralph. Yeah. Even now, like he's, he hasn't really lost it. There's a little more depth to it, but it's pretty much still there. But there's yeah, just that, nobody that has that tone. As a matter of fact, a lot of them do still sound kind of boyish. Like when you hear, like I remember Bill Bell DeVoe did a song with SWV and they kind of sounded the same to me too. Yeah, Ricky Bell's voice hasn't really changed much at all. Coco's hasn't much. It's a little deeper, but not much. I, I, I still, for the life of me, I don't understand how certain people, like we talked about this, we joked about this, people like Joe LaVert, when they were like 19... Sounded like they were like 35, 40. And then you got people like Chris Brown who are like 31, 32 now. They still sound like they're 18. I don't get that. Or like it makes a, no sense. Or like Slim from 112. Yeah. Like how do, like I don't get that. Like like how are you how are you like 45, 46 and you still sound like you're 18? I don't get that. Yeah, yeah. And then you hear like Joe Lavert or Johnny Gill, these sounded like some grown men at like what, 18 years old? Like, like, like grown, grown, not just like, oh, he's he's legal. He can drink now. I'm talking about like grown, like they have kids of their own and they don't been through it. You know, <laughs> type, type, you know what I mean? Type of thing. Like, it's like, that's that's incredible, man. They yeah, have that type of voice. Because I think Johnny Gill was signed to Cotillion when he was 17, I think. Because he was doing stuff with Stacey Lattimore and he, and he sounded pretty, maybe at the beginning, he still sounded a little boyish. But by his second album, he sounded. By the, he sounded I mean, by the second, because the second record had half crazy on it. Yeah. And that just sounds like a 40-year-old man. Exactly. Already. Can't and he was a, tomorrow sounds like a grown man. Right. And by the time he got the new edition, he was only, what, 22? 21, 22, maybe? He was a child, yeah. It's crazy. Still it, such it, a Similac with that voice, like... Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. But yeah. But yeah, go ahead, though. No, 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 you're fine. Um... Yeah, that's that that's that's interesting. You have you've blown apart my world with that. Can you stand the rain crack? I can't deal with you anymore. Uh, <laughs> that's that's just a bit too much. Um, let's see. What else do I have? Oh yes. So, um, Steely Dan. Asia, uh, one of the greatest records ever made, sonically and musically. Um, Steely Dan. Yes, Steely Dan and whatever. Um, but um, yeah, that album just kind of has banger after banger on it. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of the greatest songs on the album is Black Cow, mm-hmm. which is not about drugs. It's notable because most of their songs probably were about drugs and sex. Uh, but this one wasn't. It was literally just about a drink. Uh, like uh, the Black Cow is basically the equivalent of like an ice cream float. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's what the song was about, although there are allusions to bookies and things like that in the lyrics. But yeah. Um, so whoever this person is who's drinking the black cow is having kind of a rough time. But anyway, um, <laughs> never, never mind. But, uh, but at any rate, that song has always been a banger, always and forever. Um, and I've heard other people make attempts at it, and they always simplify the chords because okay. Steely Dan songs are notoriously difficult to play. Um, because they use very strange chords. They use, for those of you who are familiar with this kind of thing, they're really good with using slash chords mm-hmm. um, and just stuff that's impossible to play. They'll put things in weird keys. Donald Fagan's voice is deceptively higher than you think. Um, mm-hmm. So the tunes are just difficult to sing. They're difficult to play. Um, you kind of have to know what you're doing to go near them. Um, I remember... Um, this was this was during the same download of the Zoe albums. 
I could stay on Zoe all night, really. Um, but these are just the ones that, that stuck out. I heard his version of it, and it's probably the one that's the least different, but what he changed about it needed changing. Um, he added the Dilla thing. Um, but, it, the, but the drums hit even harder than Steely Dan's version. It feels, really? it comes off feeling much more like an R&B track. So, uh, uh, Fonte <coughs> sings the lead on it. Um, Cy Smith, is, if you've heard of her, she's ridiculous. Um, she's doing all the background. She was the, um, she was the, uh, she did the female lead on the Soul Food TV series theme. With okay. Green. Yeah, was, I remember that. That was a good show. Yeah, it was a good show, and her voice is ridiculous. So she yeah. does all the backgrounds on it, and they're just so she's all like the female backgrounds. That what, what was what was her name again? Cy Smith, S Y S M I T H. Cy Smith. Okay, I have to look her up because I did like that that uh, that version of that like that song intro. Oh, it's crazy. She's got a bunch of just ridiculously good songs out there. I follow her I, on Twitter, and she's funny on Twitter too. I think by the second season they had cut Al Green's part out of there. I think and it was just her, I believe. I think they did too. I think you yeah. right. or just yeah. like severely shortened it. But yeah, dude, this version of Black Cow just cranks. It's so, it's so good. Like, and the vocal arrangement is just different enough to kind of make it its own thing. Mm-hmm. Um, Zoe's playing is ridiculous. He does not run away from that Victor Feldman Rhodes part at all. Okay, and frankly, outdoes Victor Feldman because he's just that good. Um, yeah, yeah, y'all need to hear it. It's, it's very, for me, like, if I'm going to listen to that song, I'm going to the Zoe version, nine times. Okay. It's that good. Um. I'm about to hear that, yeah, listen to that. You need it, and he didn't run away from any of the chord changes, they're all there. He doesn't, he doesn't simplify any of them. Just, Zoe, Zoe is ridiculously talented, end of story, like. Okay. Gosh, I'll send you the link for it. All right. Next. All right. Um, I know you got more. <laughs> so one of the greatest songwriters of any era, uh, Smokey Robinson, one of, one of the, the, the geniuses behind Motown, did a song in the late 70s called Cruisin'. Um, really, really good. What's where, that look for? Where are we going? Because there's a cover I'm thinking of, and please don't go to this cover. Oh, uh, well, you might. I don't know. So D'Angelo. Oh, okay, 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 okay. Yeah, D'Angelo okay. did a yeah, D'Angelo did a cover it. I want to say in '95, his first, his very first album, one of the greatest debut albums of all time, by the way. He said Another, debut. I love it. He said debut. I'm dead. Yeah. <laughs> another, uh, another, uh, another guy that sounded far more grown than he really was. You know, he was what 20 when he when he released that, which is which is mind blowing. How because how great that album was and how great his voice was already. Yeah. Um, yeah, Cruisin' by D'Angelo, it blows Smokey Robinson's version out the water. I agree. Blows, blows it out the water. And that's saying something because Smokey is Smokey. You know, that's, he, he's, you know, before Babyface, he was regarded as, you know, by pretty much everybody as the greatest R&B songwriter of all time. Or just one of the greatest songwriters in general, period, you know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, D'Angelo's version of it, it didn't, it didn't vary too far from the original. I mean, there were some, there were some differences, you know. Um, I want to say in some of the instruments that were played or some of the, the melodies, whatever, but for the most part, it, 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 it stayed true to the original, but yeah, D'Angelo's voice is, 
had a whole other groove too. Yeah, I mean, yeah. The, the, the tempo's the same, but it had this yeah. whole other, this other neo soul groove to right. it. Right. Yeah. My gosh. Yeah, the yeah, D'Angelo man. He he's basically like the godfather of, of neo soul. Basically, I mean, I know. Um, yeah. Uh, I forgot. I can't. I, I can't think of her name. She came before him. Um, uh, Erica Badu. No, not her. Um, she was son? before him. No, she was after. She did one in. Uh, was she, yeah, she after? Was after. Yeah, she, her album was ninety-seven. His was ninety-five. But there was somebody that came. Okay. What's the name of that song? Outside the outside the front door. What's the name of that song? Oh, Michelle and my babysitter, Michelle and yeah. Rotello. Yeah, 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 yeah. She was before D'Angelo. Um, she was. Yeah, she. She, definitely... she, she, she doesn't really get the credit she deserves because she kind of fostered Neil Soul before he hit the scene, but. He was the one that kind of, you know, popularized it. And well, you had it Max. didn't have a name when she was there. She right, was, right. It was just kind of, they just called it R&B or Michelle and Diego music. Right. Because it was and outside it, your door and it was, if that's your boyfriend, he wasn't last night. And Yeah, she was, she was like the more soulful version of Tracy Chapman. That's, that's how I kind of described it when I first way heard Way more soulful. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's kind of who she, you know, I guess kind of resembled, I guess, or reminded me of. Um, I don't know if that's an accurate comparison or not, but... You know, no, I get it. I get why you would say yeah. that. <clears throat> yeah. And then so D'Angelo came along and then after that, just the floodgates opened up, you know, Maxwell, Erica Badu, Jill Scott, you know, who's who, you know, everybody hit the, you know. But yeah, so yeah, cruising D'Angelo's version, he 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 crushed it. My crushed God. it. And and it's and it's even more impressive. Like I said, he was only twenty years old when he did this. Twenty. Yes. Twenty one. Yeah. So yeah, and the yeah. harmonies are a little different too, which I really mm-hmm. like. He put kind of a different spin on the harmonies. They weren't so because the harmonies in in uh, in Smokies are pretty pop, and there's nothing wrong with that. It's just that yeah. that's what they are. The harmonies, well, Motown, Motown, yeah, 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 just very Motown pop. But for yeah. those harmonies are straight R and B. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't get very much soulful. It doesn't get more soulful than that. What he did with cruising. No, it doesn't. I agree with you. Like that version yeah. is insanely good. Yeah. It's what what so, version? What version were you thinking? I was gonna say. Yeah, I was about to go there. You said cruising, and my brain went somewhere it shouldn't have. It went to the Huey Lewis Gwyneth Paltrow version. Gwyneth Paltrow. It's terrible. It's. You awful. know me. You, you know me better than that. Gwyneth Paltrow. Gwyneth Paltrow and Huey Lewis. Huey I Lewis. Didn't know, is, the Huey Lewis part's fine because he could sing. I didn't know Gwyneth Paltrow can sing or tried to sing. And you still don't. Yeah. <laughs> she can't. She's just she's very vanilla. <laughs> hopelessly vanilla. If it if it if it if it helps you, like he's 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 down a third from her in the chorus mm-hmm. and he's the lead vocal. Why would she do that? Why would she try that? Question? <laughs> it was why done was for, she... it was done for a movie. That, why would she attempt <sighs> I... a Paltrow? Both of them, yeah. They were both in a movie together, and it was done for that movie. Why? And the housewives loved it. Like, it got, it so got over, basically. Yeah, it got over with the housewives. What the, what universe am I in? Gwyneth Paltrow tried to sing a Smokey Robinson song. It's not that it, it's not that she couldn't sing. It's just that it was so bland. That was the problem. She didn't give anything to it. Right. He did. I mean, R&B is natural to Huey Lewis. So it kind of worked for him. But for her, it didn't at all. And it just was weird. (laughs) So when you said it, because I'm apparently something is deeply wrong with me and I need Jesus. 
<laughs> Instead of thinking of D'Angelo's version first, my brain yeah. went to that nonsense. <laughs> oh my goodness. And I was like, no, please, no, don't you dare say that. <laughs> Oh my goodness, man. <laughs> I totally forgot that, man, don't get old. I keep telling you. you yeah. Get old. Your, your face was like, yeah. Don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> Oh gosh, it's bad. It's so bad. Yeah, I'm not even going to tell you to look it up on YouTube. Don't do it to yourself. Yeah, I don't think I don't think I am. What if Paltrow? No, I, nah. Um, okay, oh, so so I have another. Um, okay. I have heard many different covers of this tune, mm-hmm. and most of them are absolutely terrible, or. Even if they sound good on the surface, they don't feel like anything. Um, but every once in a while, I guess every, uh, I guess even songs like this can get covered properly. Um, the song I'm talking about is my very favorite song by anyone at any time. Um, Someday We'll All Be Free by Donny Hathaway. Okay. Um, his version is definitive. Um <laughs> It, this this version is not better than it, not not quite, it's, yeah. but it is really really good, and I think it, it bears mentioning. Um, uh, there's a, a, a six man acapella group that pretty much took the world by storm in the late '80s. Uh, okay, nobody, take six. Had, yeah, take six exactly. Yeah. Nobody had ever heard anything like that before because nothing existed like that before, and their influences were not immediately apparent. Um, but they just kind of wrecked everybody for a while and showed us what acapella could actually be and how substantial it could be and how great mm. the arrangements could be for it, etc., etc. So many years later and a couple of personnel changes and we get to the album called Beautiful World, which was produced by Marcus Miller. Mm. He's a genius bass player and producer, worked with Luther Vandross forever, has done plenty of sessions on his own too. Um, and... Um, just kind of like the go-to session bassist. Anyway, on this record, they did a version of Someday We'll All Be Free with Layla Hathaway. Hmm, I never heard that before. Delivering the second verse to it. What year was this? Uh, 19... I think 1996, I think. That kind of makes sense, because I remember at that time, I think Take Six, they were collaborating with, like, secular artists. Like, I remember they did a song with Queen Latifah, and there were some other people that did... That collaborated with that was joined the band yeah okay yeah. all right yeah. yeah with the with the rap in it yeah i've got i've got that on my phone okay um i absolutely love take six um yeah. but but yeah no this but this version i was fully expecting to not like it because y'all not donny hathaway <laughs> but it's it's it it takes liberties with it and it like it 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 employs key changes that don't exist in the original. Um, it's not as painful to listen to. I have a tough time listening to Donnie's without getting emotional. Yeah. Um, because it's just such a deep thing. Um, their version is not like that. It kind of, it's more, um, most people have accepted even though it's not really true. Most people have accepted a revisionist meaning for that song, that it is, um, that it's about the African-American struggle. And you know what? Um, Aretha Franklin did a version on the Malcolm X soundtrack in the early 90s. That's, it it kind of takes that civil rights spin to it. 
Yeah, and a lot of them yeah. do, and there's nothing wrong with that. Like that's yeah. you know, yeah. I mean, the the beauty of songs is that you can they mean what whatever you want them to mean. Right. So right. if you find your own meaning in it, then by all means, far be it from me or anyone else mm-hmm. to tell you what a song should mean. But um, but the song was written because Donnie. We've talked about this before. Yeah, um, it was written for him by the lyricist. Um, but but at any rate, and they kind of th- so as a result of that anyway, their version feels much more. Um, uh, it feels more exuberant, more like a call to action. Yeah. Um, and it turns out that Mark Kibble and Layla Hathaway sing like they were made to sing with each other. Um, they're. Their, their timbers and their tones are so similar. And just listening to her up a third from him, is it turns out it's just absolute paradise. I would love an album with just the two of them. I would buy it on sight. Um, it's just... It's just incredible. It's, this whole, it's a whole other thing. The harmonies are, of course, ridiculous. Um, it's got a... It, the, the, the form is different. Um, it doesn't follow Donnie's form particularly neither should it it's just kind of this whole other thing and if you haven't heard it you need to hear it it's it's really really good I've heard some disastrous versions of that tune that is not one of them Take Six they're they're good for taking um, for covering other songs like biggest part of me was a was a was a really good one that they did Ambrosia yeah 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 yeah. that was you know um, I didn't know that until years later either you know Um, well, yeah, because I remember the Take Six version. I was like ten, and I was, you know, I'll, that was even on Cycler Radio, I think, at the time too. I heard it, and I didn't hear the, I, I didn't hear the Ambrosia version until like eight years later. Until like I said, because when I was ten, I wasn't listening to music from, I wasn't listening to what, what would you even consider that adult contemporary, the, the original um, version. Oh, it's pop. It's just it's pop, like pop yeah. Movie, you know, I, I mean, when I was ten, all I knew was R and B and hip hop. That's pretty much all I knew. So, mm-hmm. yeah. You were ten. I can't with you. <laughs> that was you didn't have to do that. That was unnecessary. <laughs> that was uh, that was that was unnecessary roughness right there. Yeah, hearted because I I was twenty one. <laughs> um, why are you laughing? Oh um, man, that's funny. <laughs> I heard that I heard that song on the radio, and I was working at um at Champs at the time, Champs Sports. Okay. At the Tyson's Corner Center Mall. And I heard it on the way into work. It was like 10 o'clock um, when I got to work because I had to open the store. And my manager was there. Her name was Jackie. Mm-hmm. Was very, very cool. She's a really, really cool person. And But nobody was in the store at this point. And I'm like, I need to ask you a huge favor. And she goes, what? And I said, I heard this amazing song on the radio and i have to i have to get it like mm-hmm. and she said i know you well enough it's fine just hurry back and she gave me five minutes and so i ran to the wall you remember the wall don't you the wall mm-hmm. i re- i go up the escalator it was fairly close and i go up the escalator into the wall and the take six cd had come out that morning it was a okay it had just come out and i gra- i was the first one to grab it and I, of course, nice. I grabbed it immediately and bought it and came downstairs. And she, I, I walk, in the, walk in the door with this bag and she goes, what did you buy? And I, she, was, she was older than me by about a decade. And I pulled, <laughs> it out of the ba- I pulled it out of the bag. And she was very much into like Melissa Etheridge and stuff like that, you know. Okay. And that was just her thing. And she, 
I pulled out the bag and I show it to her and she's like, you want to listen to it, don't you? And I said, you have no idea, but I can wait <laughs> until my shift is over. And she said, you don't have to. Here, give it to me. And I, I, I put it in her hand and she cracked it open and put it in the CD player that was in the store. Oh, so she just playing over the, the stereo. She just let it play. She wasn't supposed to do this for me, but she let it play because it's illegal, uh, actually, without a performance license. Oh, really? Yeah. It's actually hmm. not legal to do it. And she knew that it wasn't. And we had these pre-programmed tapes that were supposed to play in the store. Yeah. Had bad songs that were never hits. <laughs> but she gave me a break this morning. And so for the next couple of hours, she li- we were listening to it. She's like, I kind of like this. This is, this is pretty good, you know? <laughs> Which is far, that's far for Jackie Cooper to travel. Yeah. But but yeah, so, but yeah, I remember hearing that song and I just had to have it. There was something about that Brian McKnight production because he produced Mm -hmm. it. Surely you can tell. Yeah, his brother, yeah, yeah. It's dripping in Brian McKnight. The whole thing is the guitar playing and the whole thing. And and I loved the uh, at the end. Yeah. I love that little George Benson vocalese thing that they did at the end with the <laughs> with the synthesizer descending. Yeah, yeah. Like I feel you, you on that one. You remember? You remember? Do you remember taking it to the streets? They did a cover of that too. Take Six did, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah it's on the yeah. Beautiful World album. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. They did a they did a lot of really good covers. They did a lot of really good stuff. They did, and it totally works. And you don't yeah. lose two for one, and you three for one, and you don't lose any of the urgency of the original <laughs> song. Right. One of it. Exactly. It's all there. In fact, it's it may be even more present on mm-hmm. that version than it is on the Doobie Brothers recording because it's just that much more exuberant because yeah. it's just voices. Yeah. With uh, with David Sanborn on sax and then Marcus Miller playing bass. Yeah. It's just yeah yeah oh that's it's that's the goodest it's so god. Uh, <laughs> I had to do it once. I oh it. man can't spell um yeah. <laughs> okay so i took one you got anything else yeah i guess she okay so uh denise williams uh did the song called silly in the early 80s um mm-hmm. one, of, one, of, one of my mom's all-time favorite song my mom loves the song my, my, my mom even bought like her gospel albums that she did like in the mid 90s she bought all that stuff my mom she my mom was a huge such yeah. a voice yeah. yeah my mom was my mom was a huge fan um and i feel validated in saying this too because my mom liked the, the cover version where it's kind of a cover version it's more like they she kind of sampled most of the songs so it feels like a cover but it's not quite monica did a version in 2010 called everything everything to me she she knocked it out the park yes no, even even before even performed the song with denise williams at the bet music awards the changes are just yeah gosh because i heard that late i didn't get it yeah. right on time like you did and i went yeah my God, because yeah. I hadn't been paying attention to Monica like that for a while. Yeah, and I don't, I don't know if you can really call it a, a cover because it's she didn't. Not. Really, yeah, because she, she sampled. Sample. Yeah, she sampled like what, like a like particular uh, like the chorus of the song or or. Well, or, what was it? The what, what part of the song did she sample? Maybe the verse to some extent. It's yeah, kind of a whole new song though. It, it is, but you can tell what song it's from. Though. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's very thing. obvious. Yeah, yeah. She just didn't do the uh, the silly of me part, like you know, she didn't yeah, do yeah. that part. No, I but hear she did. It. Yeah, but she did pretty much everything else, and yeah. really, Monica's voice was per- suited very well for that. Just Whoever produced it did a very good job. It, it, yeah, yeah. Monica's yeah, she's always had a really good voice, really good voice, and yeah, and the and the fact that Denise did the song, performed the song with her, it was like, okay. She 
Denise pretty much certified Monica, validated her. You know, which, I, gotta, which you, I gotta look on YouTube for that for the two of but, them together because that would be fire. Yeah, I think that was the same year that Prince got the Lifetime Achievement Award. Actually, I think that was the same. Uh, the heck was I that, it, that this is not on the tip of my tongue? Uh, I, have, I have no idea, but yeah, that was. Uh, <laughs> I have no idea, but yeah, they, yeah, Monica, she, she, she did her thing, man. She really did her thing on that, on that track. Yeah, she did. Yeah, like I said, I mean, I hadn't been keeping track of Monica like that. And then I heard that, I think I just saw it on YouTube and just thought I'd take mm -hmm. a shot at it. I was like, my gosh. It was all, it was all over uh, Quiet Storm Radio in 2010. It was all over. I wasn't listening to radio at that point. Oh, okay. No, I had almost completely walked away from radio and I was getting, I was just getting stuff from YouTube and. Yeah. Because that's just where it was going next. Yeah. Um, let's see. Um, I, have, I have one more. Okay. Um, unless, unless you make me think of something else. All right. Because you probably will. Um, yeah. Um, uh, do you remember um, She's a Bad Mamma Jamma? Yeah. Carl Thornton. I'm not talking about that song. No. Props for knowing the artist's name. Nobody knows the artist's name anymore. I, th I, th I thought it was Stevie when I was a kid, so yeah. Yeah, it sounded similar. Yeah. yeah. But so he did a cover of Everlasting Love. I got that on my iPod. Yep. I have it. Yeah, it's, it lives in my phone here, too. Yeah. Ridiculous. Took the original, <clears throat> gave it groove. His voice was great. He could, because he was doing what made him so cool is that he was doing runs and nobody back then was doing runs like that. Now they're just commonplace. Everybody does them. But back then people were singing fairly straight, but he wasn't afraid to do runs and be complicated. Um, and he was like during the course of that tune in Mamma Jamma, he, he was just fearless. It's but, kind of, it's kind of amazing that he didn't really, he never really broke out. It was at once because he had been around a long time prior to that one song, Bad Bama Jamma, but he just never really could break through. Yeah. Or afterwards. He needed the tunes. He just didn't yeah. quite have the tunes together. And there was some shaky management stuff going on too. Who, who, what label was he on? Um, 20th Century, I think. Okay. I don't know. Okay. I think he was on 20th Century Records back then. Yeah, because he had a voice, man. He did. He really, and he still does. Like, he still, you can look for. Because he does the nostalgia circuit, like a lot of them do at this point. But if you okay, COVID, of course. But if you yeah. look on YouTube, you can find him doing it. His voice is a little bit deeper, but it's all there. Yeah, he hasn't lost anything. Dude has a great voice and always did. Very underrated singer. Okay. And very underrated cut on that song. And there have been other yeah. covers of it. Um, uh, Rex Smith and Rachel Sweet did a duet version of it. Why I remember this, I don't know, but it was, I think it was like 1981 or something like that. And they added lyrics to it, and it's fine, I guess, but it's mm -hmm. done in a very pop version, as you would expect from Rex Smith. Yeah. Um, Gloria Estefan did a version of it later that's very electronic, and it's fine, I guess. Um, but Carl's is, for me, is definitive. Yeah, I've always liked his voice. Yeah, yeah, agreed. That's the definitive version of that tune for me. Yeah. What else you got? All right. Uh, so, um, <laughs> um, this isn't quite as good as the original, but it's it's hard to it's hard to knock her for trying because this is one of the greatest voices of all time. So Whitney Houston did a cover of "I'm Every Woman" uh, on the Bodyguard soundtrack. Um, 
You've heard it. You've heard it before, haven't you? Oh, of course. Yeah, and you know, Shaka Khan's version is 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 certified. That's that's you know greatness. But Whitney's version was pretty good too. It was very up tempo. Um, you know, it felt nineties. You know, but I'm about and to I, disagree with you. I think. Go ahead. And then and then I I love I love uh, Whitney. Shout out to Shaka Khan at the end. She even says her name a couple times at the very yeah. end. I I just love the this song. It just felt like so much fun. It felt like Whitney had so much fun recording it. And just paying, it wasn't her trying to steal her song. It was her paying tribute, and she was having a blast doing it. And this Whitney Houston, man, like, how do you, how do you, how do you knock Whitney for doing a cover? I mean, it's Whitney Houston. I okay. mean, that was that, that that was peak Whitney Houston. It peak was Whitney. Yeah, could to do me, no wrong. To me, her version destroys Shaka's. Destroy, dead, kill, dead in the water. Don't need to hear the other one again. Um, yeah, Ooh. I said, I said it. Come. Yes. I, Shaka, had, Shaka could sing too, man. Shaka was yeah. nice with it. Not about that. I promise. Like I'm not. Yeah. I'm not measuring one vocal against the other. It's yeah. not that. It's just they. Whitney hit Cole and Clavillis mm-hmm. at the top of their game when they were as white hot as they were ever gonna get. Yeah. They hit. They collided with each other, mm-hmm. and created just absolute genius. I love the beginning too, when it's just her singing, but when it's just, would, the rubato yeah. part, yeah, 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 rubato, but yeah, yeah, man, Whitney was such a show off, such a show off. But it, but it, <laughs> but it didn't, but it didn't feel like that. Yeah, like, yeah, I know, I know. Later, when her voice was beginning to betray her, it did feel like showing off. But still, at this point, it felt yeah. intimate. You know what I mean? Yeah, Whitney was, ooh, man, peak Whitney was a force of nature, man. Unlike pretty much anything we've ever seen before. Like and Whitney she was, was she was at her peak for such a long time. Right. Even 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 when she did the the pop the second album, which people which you know people didn't like, she still sold like what? She went diamond. Like she just couldn't she just couldn't do no wrong. She couldn't fail at this particular time. No, she couldn't. And I mean I still we've said this before, but I still think her greatest song is You Give Good Love. I don't think she ever did better than that. No, she didn't. She didn't. She she's come close, but yeah, that one that one was it though. It's yeah, it is it's either that for me or all at once. I liked um, the song she did on Waiting to Exhale, Shoop. Uh, yeah. I love that, reasons, man. But yeah. I, I love that, man. Whitney was, Whitney was, man, like I said, just a complete, destroyed Cece on uh, the duet they did together, completely killed her. And but, the, but Cece was still so good on it. I don't think Cece disappeared, but I do think Whitney was better. Yeah, what man? Yeah, and this like, like I said, what? Who man? And Shantae in the background. Shantae Moore was singing backgrounds on it. Was she? Yeah. You know, my mom went to modeling school with her back in the day. Really? Yeah. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah, that was back in I guess the early '80s, I guess, because Shantae was a couple years younger than my mom. This is when they were growing up in uh, San Diego. Yeah, because my mom used to my mom used to model part time. You know, just you know, just for fun, but. Yeah, she she did that. I, it was funny because I remember when I was like six, I went to one of my mom's modeling shows, and her and three other people did like a, a rendition of In Vogue. And so for the for like a for like a good year, I thought my mom was part of In Vogue. I don't know why. You know, you know, kids are. <laughs> I, I don't I don't know. I, th- I was like, hey, you know, my mom was a part of In Vogue. I was telling people this in elementary school. That's awesome. <laughs> you know, when you're a kid, you don't know any better. I wasn't. I wasn't even lying. I just thought my mom was really a part of In Vogue. I just really thought that. I thought, I thought she, she was really performing with them. Oh, that's so. Hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> that's delicious. I love it. Yeah. I think. I think it was. Uh, I think it was. Hold on. And I was like, Yeah, you know, yeah, my mom was a part of In Vogue. Yeah. Like, wow. I didn't know no. I, I didn't know no better. 
Wow. You know when you're a, you know how when you're a kid you think certain stuff just because. I, Who I did don't you know. Do, let me ask you this? Did you have her confused with somebody in the group? Not really, because I you think she was like Dawn or. I, I don't know who I thought she was, but I just thought she was a part of Vogue, though. I just, I don't know. <laughs> no, not this time. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I was like, hey, look good enough to me, you know. Uh, oh, that's to me. Yeah, yeah. That's so. so cool that your mom went to modeling school with Shantae Moore, though. Yeah. Uh, my mom said she tried to reach out to her recently, but, you know, Shantae, she's, you know, whatever. She was like, I had such, such a crush on Shantae Moore, I can't tell you. Yeah. Just, mom, she, she dropped Love's Taken Over. Yeah. And I my was hers. Like, yeah, my mom said my mom said she was very arrogant though. She was very full of herself, which I believe. I mean Was you know, she? Oh, yeah. don't tell me. That was terrible. I, don't I mean she, she I mean that was probably I mean she was probably what 16, 17 at the time. So, you know. When you're doing it like that, I I could I can see that. She might not be that way now, obviously, because she's older. So she was you know. so Oh, she was so good though. Yeah. Those yeah. were albums that were just bought on site. You knew who my you knew who my crush was though Karen White, that that was yeah, Karen White was the one. Very similar voices. Yeah, Karen man, Karen White was. He, Let me find yeah. out we have the same type. <laughs> yeah, Karen Karen White was Karen White was when I was little even when I was a little kid man, I knew at that moment man I was like yeah yeah Karen White she's she's the one. Have you like, heard the uh, the duet that she did with um, uh, Michael Jeffries? Yep. Yeah. After being with you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Karen White was that's the cut right there. Yeah, that whole album Her, is so good. Her and Babyface together were nice with it, man. Agreed. Yeah, I mean, her, yeah. Her her first three albums I liked a lot. She was she was really good. I liked her best when she was with Jam and Lewis. Wait, what, what? Time to get romantic. Okay. Yeah. 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 On, yeah. Man. But yeah, I just I, I just like Karen White in general, though, man. Like yeah. I do too. Even now, she looks amazing. She looks amazing. She does. She still does. Yeah, Shantae yeah. making interesting choices at this point. But oh, is she? Karen still looks gorgeous. Just yeah, gorgeous, gorgeous woman. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. And I I always loved her voice. I love the tone of her voice. Me too. Me always too. loved it. Superwoman from her mind. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, you realize what we now have to do, don't you? Most underrated artist or what? Or no, because there was a cover of it. Who did a cover of Superwoman? Who, who messed up my song? No, they didn't mess it up. It was Gladys was Knight. Okay, I'll, okay, I'll forgive that. I can't, I can't speak ill of Gladys Knight, so. And Patti LaBelle. Okay. It's every bit as good. It's not better than, but it's mm -hmm. every bit as good because you end up obviously because you've got older older women that right. have lived life. But those are legends, though, so I, I, I can't knock that. Those are legends. So, but it just there's just more life lived, and so it feels the song ends up feeling more lived in, mm -hmm. and it just ends up feeling mm -hmm. that much. And Karen did a great version of it. I'm not <laughs> suggesting that she did it, but it just feels even more real coming from them. Yeah. Simply by virtue of the fact that they've lived a little more life. Yeah, because when Karen, because when Karen did it, she was probably what all of what twenty one. Yeah, she was very young and just hadn't lived. Yeah. Yeah, but man, that, yeah, the way you love me, uh, love saw it. Secret rendezvous. Yeah. Secret rendezvous. Why you keep adding the S? I don't know, man. <laughs> uh, yeah, romantic. Yeah, like you said, man. She has man. some. Yeah.
it, yeah, the way that I feel about you, don't get me started on Karen, man. Don't get me started on Karen. I, I get you. I get you completely. <laughs> I totally get it. Just, it just, yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel you. Just, the, <laughs> just that voice alone. It's like it's the same kind of thing with Shantae for me. Like, and then don't get don't 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 get me don't get me started on the album cover of Ritual of Love. Don't get me started on the album cover. Yeah, I know the cover. I might have it. Maybe I was Allegedly, I was I, have it I remember I was six or seven. I I was with, I think I was with my dad at the time, and I could not stop staring at this cover. And then and then my uncle he he like nudged my dad. He's like, hey, he's like, you, now now you can breathe easy. You don't have to worry about your son being gay. My dad, my uncle said that to my dad. He was, he, he was just, you know, you know how guys are. And I, I could not take my eyes off that cover, man. Couldn't, could not take them. I was like, yeah. I was that way with, uh, with a, we, this will not get too blue, I promise, kids. But uh, with the cover of A Love Supreme by Shantae Moore. Yeah. As yeah. soon as I saw that cover, my mom like looked at the cover and she went, oh, okay. <laughs> she, oh, yeah. she's, she's beautiful, you know. But yeah. don't talk about Shantae like that. Like you don't get yeah. to say that. But just yeah, just just gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous women, both of them. <laughs> and the we voice. Like Yeah. And she does <laughs> in that in that intro on a Love Supreme, mm-hmm. who's gonna love me, will you? That'd be a good versus battle. I had it memorized. I may still have it memorized, but I would listen to yeah. that all the time. That was like my ASMR. Like I could listen to that and just relax. Just the greatest speaking voice ever. That'd be a good versus battle right there. Yes. I agree with you. Yeah, that would work. That needs to be our next one. Versus battles we'd like to see. True. That, that, yeah. That needs we've to be been, our next we've one. been talking about it. We haven't done it because I just thought this idea was probably more fertile. But Yeah, because, yeah, I, I get it. But I actually have some versus battles in my mind. I'm just like, yeah, I want to talk about those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, we have to, that'll be, that, that has to be the next one we do. Yeah. Whose turn is it now? I, I forgot whose turn it it's is. It's mine. I have another. Okay. Okay. And, and you brought it to my brain. So um, I do not remember the year. You probably will. Um, loving You by Minnie Ripperton, or Loving You as it was titled. Um, oh, who did this? She was produced by, produced by, yeah, produced by Stevie Wonder, Loving You. You know that song. Yeah, no, I'm talking about but who, who did the cover of that. So... I think this was 1991, I believe. Uh, she had put out an album on A&M Records that hadn't done anything. It was produced by Brian Lauren and hadn't done anything. Like, she couldn't get arrested. Because it was just all, I've heard, I've got the record and it, it's, it is good, but it's just, it's, it's wrong. It's just, it's a bit the wrong way forward. The songs aren't quite there. Um, mm-hmm. So it's enough for me to enjoy it because I had a giant crush on her. So it didn't matter as much. But, <laughs> but she, it, the songs just wouldn't have, they didn't, there wasn't like a sell through on okay. it. And it needed one badly. So the next, I think it was two years later, she left A&M and signed with Motown Records. Thank you, Gerald Busby. And hooked up with Nara to Michael Walden who was Whitney Houston's producer and, and okay. some, a little bit of work with Mariah Carey. Uh, did I don't want to cry for her. Okay. And a bunch of, obviously a bunch of other things since then in a variety of different genres. And he's just kind of an incredible producer, but he worked with her and gave her her first hit called I love your smile. 
which oh oh yeah okay I've, I've heard the version you're talking about okay that's not bad at all that's i don't think it's better than the original but it's definitely pretty it's, it's pretty good though but so but this the weird thing is that the this version was not on the album proper it was considered a bonus track on the cd mm-hmm. if you got the cd and the, shortly after like pop radio was all over i love your smile and this should have been but R&B radio gave I Love Your Smile a little bit of time, and it was a huge hit on R&B radio. I think it even mm-hmm. got to number one, if I'm not mistaken, or if not very close. Yeah. But then they also started playing Loving You. And I'm like, where is this? Because it wasn't on my cassette, and I was mad. And I thought, well, maybe it's on the soundtrack of a movie or something. And then I just happened to be in Record World one day, because I lived at Record World. And I was sniffing through CDs and I found her CD and I hadn't spent the money on the CD that day because I knew the money. Mm. Hard time. CDs at this point were like 16 bucks. Um, And when you're young, you know, and I was 17 at the time. Yeah. And so, but I flipped over the CD and sure enough, it was listed as a bonus track. And I went, well, that does it. I guess I have to buy this. And I begged, I went home that day and I begged my mom for the money. And she gave me half of it. Oh. So Turns cool. out half, no, but half was all I needed. That was fine. She gave, okay. it was, and it wasn't, she wasn't being stingy. It was just like, this is all I have right now. Okay. So I went, I went back on the train. I took the arduous Metro Rail train back to Boston <laughs> Commons to go yeah. to the record world to buy the CD. And I finally got it. And it's, it is completely regrooved. It's very 90s. Um, her version doesn't have doesn't quite have the intimacy I don't mm-hmm. think because you don't get much more intimate than Minnie Ripperton you just don't Yeah. plus she wrote the lyrics so it's going to be more at home with her and, and she, just, she was older too and she has a very unique voice very unique yeah. voice yeah I agree I agree completely but man it was still so good and at the end I can't reproduce this and wouldn't even try but at the end, she does extra things at the end, but they don't feel sh- like show off things. They feel like I'm so in love with him that, you know, this is just how I feel. Like it, it yeah. all felt very natural and very real. So I give her credit for not being overly showy. Scarier yeah. still, the woman is my age now and she can still do it. She still has a problem is- up there. Shanice is, yeah, she's always had a good voice, like, it's, and it's never gone away. You're right. She's... What do you mean good? She had a woman had a great <laughs> voice. Yeah, she was, she was nice to look You're at, Talking too. about my wife, be very careful. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm still upset, though, today. <laughs> I'm, I'm just upset that they haven't released a full version of the Eddie Winslow song that they, that, that they did together. I'm you very know, upset about that. Very mad about that. I can't find it anywhere. It's not because it isn't a thing. It's, I have it. I have the one on my iPod from the Family Matters show, but that's it. That's one yeah, iPod. and it's on YouTube. You can find it on YouTube. That's where I got it from too. Is it? Yeah, it's, it's every bit as good. Who I didn't know he could sing like that either. For the record, like why didn't he release it? Why didn't he make an album? Him and uh, um, what's her name? Um, not Tashina. Yeah, Tashina Arnold. Why didn't they make? They should have released albums, especially especially by the time they were doing their shows. I mean, they could have really capitalized off of that and did something. Did Tashina? She didn't release a record. I thought she did. I don't remember. 
I, th- I really thought she did. Hold on, because now, now you're going to make me look. I thought she did. I really did think that she... Um, my tablet is in front of me. But yeah, I always love that Shanice Eddie Winslow duet. And it's, I think it's a shame that they never recorded a full version of that. Yeah, that would have that would have that would have sold, especially right off the back of that. You know what I loved about Shanice? Okay, so we talked about Karen and Shantae. They yeah. had like a they had like a sexiness to them. Um, it was a little a little exotic, but like Shanice was just so she was sexy without being sexy because she had like a warmness about her, like a girl next door vibe to her. And it, it just it just I don't know it just made her look even more attractive, you know. Oh, with that makes with, any sense. With Shanice, Shanice. definitely. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, because there was nothing about her where she was trying to be, she wasn't really trying to be sexy or show off or anything like that, but she just, something about her warmth and her, I don't know, it just, it just made her look even better. You have not seen the cover of 20 ways to, 21 Ways to Grow, have you? I have, I have, but it's still, you know, you like, you're... That? <laughs> down the line. Uh, yeah, but I'm just saying, yeah, I know what you mean, but... No, the, the on um, on uh, on inner child, you're right. Like, yeah, she kept it very down the middle, and but to me, like, I agree with you. Like to me, and I, I think in general, women don't understand this. Yeah, but like, there is something. There's a, a real sexiness to leaving things to the imagination. There is. Yeah, you don't have to let me let me imagine. Yeah, you don't have to show me everything. And I would suspect that I mean, most most guy friend, most of my guy friends are like that, too. Mm -hmm. We don't really need to see you put it all out there. It's just you look cheap and it's easy. Yeah. If you leave something to the imagination, then you give me something to chase. Right. Keep it real with you. Like, that's how I view it anyway. And that's what made Shanice attractive to me. Right. And even like even to your point, like even as even when she became slightly sexualized on this on the third record, it still wasn't all the way there. Yeah, exactly. She had like a white t- she had a white she had a white t shirt on. It was unbuttoned, but she had her hands crossed, and you know. So yeah, she didn't yeah. give it all. She hinted, boy, did she hint at it. Yeah, she didn't give it all away. So, and I get the feeling that's. I'm, I'm wondering how much of that wasn't record label pressure but motown yeah to like maybe make her be sexier than she might have been otherwise because if you remember all of her collaborators changed too mm-hmm. if she hadn't worked with babyface up to that point who's responsible for turn down the lights right she certainly hadn't worked with chris stokes yet who was responsible for some of the other nonsense on that record it's not that great of an album yeah um, when I say that I love you is Brian Lawrence, so she did work with him a second time. Other than that, all the collaborators were different. You know what's cool about her, too? She's been with Flex since... Forever. God. Yeah, you know. Yeah, like she has the Hollywood marriage that lasted. Right, exactly. Even if we shall never forgive him for the Michael Jackson movie. Has anybody ever asked him about that? I don't know. If they have, I'm not aware of it. Get him on the Quest Love Show so they can ask him, hey, yo, like, what, what were you doing, dog? Like, what was going through your mind, man? It must have been the money. He must have yeah. really needed that Skrilla. Like, <laughs> I know he, he, he did hit hard times recently. There was a couple years ago where he was talking about how he had to, he had to reach out to somebody, but he said he's... Got, I remember, you know, yeah. I saw the same yeah. thing. Yeah. Yeah. So do you have any others? 
Yeah, actually, I do. Um, so the Staples, the Staples Singers did a song. You know, I'll take you there. Oh, early seventies. This could go um, anywhere because so many people did this. Where yeah. Are you going? Well, the one version that I'm familiar with that I like is the BB, the BB, uh, the BB and CC Winans version. The BB Gun version. Yes. The- I I love that version, and I I think was it uh, Mavis. Or whoever, I think she was on that record too. I think Avis was on end. it. Yeah, it was on different. So that was, okay, okay, yeah. I've always loved that version. I remember hearing it as a kid, and I liked it then. And it's 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 one of those songs that it just it's nostalgic, and it just brings me back to a simpler time in my life when I hear it. Um, obviously, it sounds very '90s, early '90s. You know, kind of a gospel. You know, has a very gospel oriented as well. But I thought BB and Cece did really well with that song. You know. Um, I don't want to say it's better than the original because I, I love the original, but it, it's yeah. pretty close though. It's pretty close. It is good. Yeah, I agree with you. And the production by Keith Thomas is really good too. Yeah. It doesn't, yeah. it feels, I mean, he kind of split the difference because I don't know if you're, how familiar you are with, with Keith Thomas productions, but they tended to be very of the moment. He had no fear okay. of keyboards and drum machines and synclaviers and just, yeah. Um, and he's just this little white dude from Nashville, but and you you wouldn't expect he looks like he he doesn't look too different from me really. You wouldn't expect him yeah. to be able to deliver on grooves that hard, but I mean, yeah. he could like those dude those BB and CC Winans records like those had some high priced production, right? And they grooved. I mean, it's very difficult to get drum machines to groove like that. And he knew how to do it. And the bass lines that he would come mm-hmm. up with. Yeah. Like, my God. And BB and, and CeCe, they crossed over pretty regularly, you know, because I remember this was yeah. before Kirk, this, this was before Kirk Franklin. Um, and I remember hearing that song on regular radio when I was like eight, seven or eight. You know, that was oh, on yeah. regular radio, you know. Um, but you, the other, yeah, go, no, go ahead, go ahead. And the, the only other gospel song or Christian song that I remember being on regular radio before that was the, the Winans and Teddy Riley collaboration, It's Time. Yeah. And then, the, and then that one. And then that was, and then before, after that, I didn't really hear anything until Kurt Franklin came along. It was those two records. Maybe, maybe a Take Six record would get on there every so often, but those are like the only three that I can think yeah, of. Yeah, because ILOVEU got play for sure. Yeah. I remember right. that, that got a lot of play for a minute. Yeah. Yeah. So that's also very impressive in itself, you know, that that was getting on the radio. Because no. BB and BB and CC constantly straddled the line. They were constantly getting played with one thing or another, whether it was addictive love or yeah, heaven got played a lot when it came. Yeah, to- they did a very good job of uh, like like I think one of the issues that a lot of young kids have with like gospel in general is that it it just, it sounds too campy, I guess, or corny. Because um, I felt this way as a kid too until I heard uh, like people like New Wine and. You know, Kirk Franklin hit the scene. I was gospel was kind of like, yeah, that's cool to listen to in church, but you know, that's not something I want to listen to when I'm with my friends or riding in my car. And then, you know, Kirk Franklin kind of broke down that wall. And I felt like BB and CC were kind of along those lines too. Their stuff sounded very quiet stormish. You know what I mean? It, 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 it fit in, you know. And then they throw love songs in there too. I mean, there was right. a, on the first record there was still in love with you. Yeah, BB does by himself. Then there was um, "It's Okay," which is a duet between the two of them. That's very much a love song. Then you, by the yeah. time you get to relationships, you get Ed. Um, uh, uh, think, don't let me walk this road alone. You yeah. Get, um, oh, what's the other one? Um, uh, these whatabouts. Mm-hmm. Uh, you get um, I'm missing If Anything Ever Happened to You which was nominated for a Grammy for R&B song that year and they were even on an episode of Martin back when that show was you know popping so yeah yeah 
Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, they were just kind of yeah. It's like they were the they were the ones that were crossing over. That was th- probably because I mean, if you mm. remember back then, you had let's see, you had Amy Grant crossing over big time on the pop charts. You have Michael Baby Dunn Baby 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 thing. Baby Baby Every Heartbeat. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's what Love Is For. Um, good for me. Why do I remember this? Um, Michael W. Smith had crossed over with Place in This World and I Will Be Here for You and For You and a couple of other things, I think. Yeah. These were kind of like gospel stalwarts and they yeah. crossed over. But the one, the but they only did it for a short period of time and right. couldn't keep it going. BB and Cece kept it going until they stopped by themselves. Yeah, yeah. They would have kept doing it. Yeah, it's impressive. It really is, yeah. And it's 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 all to do with with the way they with the way they were promoted by the record label, but also a lot to do with the production. The production mm-hmm. values were just so cutting edge R and B that yeah, you know, it's like you you had to pay attention, and we did. You know, yeah, all of us did. I mean, Addictive Love, I think, was if not a number one R and B record, it was very close. Yeah, and like I said, I, I remember. Um... There had been a time, you know, I guess when I was like my late teens, I heard Heaven played somewhere and I immediately recognized it from when I was a kid. It just immediately grabbed me. I was like, I remember this. Just remember the bass line on it. Yeah. My God. I mean, because that was, and I miss this very much about, about music, uh, R&B specifically. Like there, back during that period of time, there had been so much movement in bass lines. Yeah. I mean, everything is played very straight nowadays, even if it's done on like a, even if it's done on a keyboard, most of the time it is on somebody's track mm-hmm. or whatever. But back then they were, they were using Moog basses or BX7 mm-hmm. basses or something in a Synclavier or whatever. And there was just, Keith Thomas was so good with bass movement. Yeah. That just, it's like they, they were just melody lines all by themselves. Yeah. And you could get caught up in them and, and forget about the vocal because it was just, Dude, I mean, we we talked about Greg Fillingains, you and I, the other night, mm-hmm. who was just a master at that kind of thing, and David Foster was back when he cared. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that. I bet, I'm glad you brought them up, man, because I actually, man, I was I stayed up late, like was a couple nights ago, man. I was just downloading all kind of stuff, man. Mm-hmm. What kind of yeah? What'd you get? Tell me what you got. Just a bunch of stuff, man. I was uh, uh, I, I downloaded some uh, what's, what's that dude? Uh, Stanley Clark. I was listening to him heavy. Um, okay. Yeah. Uh, was it uh, George Duke? Um, just a, just a bunch of people. Yeah. But yeah. I, I, yeah. I like the um, a lot of those a lot of those eighties nineties composers. Man, I like the big fan of them. Yeah. Just bass movement is just kind of gone. It's, it's yeah. kind of a you know unless you're listening to I don't know if you're familiar with Dirty Loops. Um, yeah. Yeah, they do. They have a lot of movement too, but their movement is more like a, um, yeah, I can't Victor Victor Wooten kind of movement. It's not okay. quite the same thing. It's not movement as in <clears throat> keyboard based movement. Yeah, um, and people look down on that pretty heavily during that period of time, but they shouldn't have. <laughs> I mean, do you put Greg Fillingains on a Moog or David Foster on a Moog? Just get out of the way. It's just yeah. They can both of them could just groove for days. Like, I mean, I gave, I showed you that Janet Jackson tune. Yeah. I mean, come on. Like, <laughs> do you even notice Janet Jackson on the song? Like, actually, it's I do not. Greg Fillingains. That's all it is. And her, her kind of whispering. 
Yeah, 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 yeah. It was kind of well before she'd figured the whole thing out. Mar Marlon produced the tune, but yeah. you care? I'm only listening to Greg Villengate. Yeah. <laughs> just, it's just absolutely sickening. Um, do you have another cover, by the way? Um, let me think. I think I have. This one isn't really like a, it's not really a cover. It's more like a sample. Um, okay, so Mute Did Juicy back in the early 80s, man. That's some grown folk music right there. Oh, you, oh, oh James M. Tume, you mean? Yeah, okay, but. I, was trying, I, just didn't, I just didn't know what you meant, that's all. Yeah, Juicy, you know, the song Juicy. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That's and then so, you know, Biggie did his version in, you know, the, the you know, the mid-90s with, you know, the hip-hop version, which is really, mm -hmm. really great, too. Um, it is. And then um, Keisha Cole did a version. It wasn't called Juicy because, uh, like I said, it was a sample. It, it's called, um, oh, my goodness, what's the name of the song? Let It Go with Missy Elliott and Little Kim. They sampled that. They sampled that beat heavily. And before this song came out, I was not a big Keisha Cole fan. I, I wasn't a fan at all. She did a song... Um, I can't even I can't even think of the name of it, but she was like singing and she, it's almost like she was yodeling and it completely turned me off. Oh, love. You know I, I, I couldn't stand it. Yeah, couldn't stand it. One. And it was like, OK, she's from Cali. You know, we're from the same state. But I just I just couldn't. I was like, this is this is this ain't it. The this only thing it. that's good about that song is that little bit of a bridge in it with the background vocals. Yeah, but her, man, she just her voice was just so. It's what you hate is that it's auto tuned. It, it it's too precise. Have... It, it didn't help her. It didn't help her at all. It, no, it did. It helped her too much. It's too precise. That's probably what you don't like because it's just bleeding. It's like... It's just like... Ah, ah, ah. I was just like, what is that? Like, why are you doing this? Yeah, it's not but, necessary at all. But I it, agree with you. But have you, heard the, have you heard Let It Go on her second album? I have not heard it. Well, like Heaven Sent and... Uh, I've, heard, uh, I've, heard Sent for, I've heard Heaven Sent. I've heard I Should Have Cheated, which Duran from one... That, that, was the first, that was the first album, but Heaven Sent was in the second album. Heaven yeah, Sent and... I've heard uh, that. I, re I remember that was all the second album, but Let It Go was her lead single, up tempo. Um, Little Kim had a rap. Uh, Missy Elliott's on the track. You can hear her. She, she's kind of ad libbing and stuff like that. Really good. I thought they did a really good job with the production. I thought it, they they worked the cold strengths and it worked really well. And of course, the Juicy sample. I mean, you can't go wrong with that sample. I love that sample. I love Juicy. It's a great, great song. Early eighties. It's like a stable of eighties R and B. You know, you can't you can't complete a R and B list from the eighties without that song on there. And uh, yeah <coughs> excuse me but yeah really good song you should check it out okay i'll have to check it out yeah. for sure. 2007 i think okay i kind yeah. i kind of did what you did i mean i heard love and i went yeah okay we're done here you know yeah it was just so terrible and they the radio wouldn't stop playing it and you couldn't yeah. avoid it it was just the worst thing ever um uh, yeah as far as I yeah was you good bro yeah i'm gonna oh. get stuck in my throat man in your throat okay yeah. Um, so I have another one. This, okay. is, this is the last one I have. We have, dude. We have gone on. Yeah, I got one more too. But yeah, go ahead. Okay. 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 Cool. So we have one more piece. So um, this is an artist who is new, relatively new. Okay. Um, he is at the time of this recording. I think he was maybe twenty three, twenty four, something like that. Okay. Um, he released a record um, called In My Room. An, an album called In My Room that was all that was literally done in his room. Okay. Played all the instruments, produced everything, sang everything all by himself. Um, and it blew everyone's head off. He had been putting up videos on YouTube up to that point, covers of 
things like Pure Imagination and um, uh, Don't You Worry About a Thing by Stevie Wonder, which you're going to get a two for one on because, yeah, there's that. Um, uh, what else? Um, uh, the, the theme from the Flintstones, which is crazy good. Yeah. Um, uh, you're going to get three for one. Um, that's it, though, I promise, really. Um, but then he he decided that he was going to go on this musical journey and he was going to create this series of four albums, volumes one through four of a concept. <clears throat> and he's released three of those now. He's still working on the fourth. Okay. Um, the third one is absolutely fire. Um, I have them all <laughs> because he's ridiculous. His name is Jacob Collier. Um, okay, yeah, he's, um, he's, a, he's an actor, too. I believe as a, he did it. He did the child acting thing for about five seconds. Yes. That name sounds very familiar. How, how old would he be now? I've sent you something of his. That's probably why it sounds familiar. There's something else I'm going to mention. Okay. Um, but yeah, no, he, um, he's, he's probably, I think he's now like 25, if I'm not mistaken. He's still not very old. I'll look at it. I think he's, I think he does acting because he was in the shy, I think. No, he hasn't. He hasn't acted since ten. He was, he was Tiny Tim in a production of A Christmas Carol, back when he was ten. Oh, is he from England? Yes, he's British. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm thinking about somebody else then. I'm, I'm sorry. Yes, you are. How dare you? No, I'm kidding. Yeah. Um, he's tw- he's 26 now. Yeah, I just looked him up. Yeah, I just looked him up. Thinking yeah. of two different people. He's, he's this dude is ridiculous. <laughs> um, but anyway, um. So he put out these volumes of things, and on this first volume, uh, he decided he was going to tackle a song by Lionel Richie called All Night Long. Oh, man, that's a classic. I don't know if any of you are familiar with Jacob Collier covers, Um, but if you're not, you should be. He takes tunes. He has Mm -hmm. absolutely no regard for their form, Mm -hmm. their keys, their chord structures, nothing. He doesn't care. The only thing he'll keep is the melody, and he changes everything else. Okay. Um, All Night Long is already kind of a long tune anyway. On the yeah. um, Can't Slow Down, I think it's like six minutes and something seconds. And it's great. Like, it's great for what it is. Jacob Collier's version completely destroys it and makes me forget about Lionel's version of it. Mm. Lionel's really? version comes off as pedestrian in comparison. Oh, man, there's some fighting words right there, man. I, and I meant what I said. Don't sass me again. I'm kidding. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> but it's, on, it's on the first volume. It's called, the, the, album is called, the album series is called Jesse. That's D-J-E-S-S-E. It's, and it's on volume one. <laughs> it features the Metropole Orchest. Okay. Um, and he basically threw in everything in the kitchen sink on this tune. The tune is seven minutes and 19 seconds long. That's longer than the original, then. It is, by a minute and a half, roughly. Um, but it's got the Metropole Orchest, and it's also got Take Six on it. So, of course, that got my interest immediately. Um, but it's just... <coughs> it's, it's all, there's a version of Every Little Thing She Does is Magic, too, by the police, which is just insane. Mm-hmm. Wow. I'll, I'm going to leave that there. Just that's, that's, that's another good one. Yes. It's so good. And his cover is... 
but so but but it just it's it's I have no words. It's just so it's just the goodest. Um, it, go, <laughs> it goes all it has movements. Um, it descends into complete chaos in certain parts and in others it's fairly intimate. It feels like a party, like the party's beginning at first and then the party completely explodes and everybody in the world is there. And then at the end, it's like the party is winding down and I'm tired because I've partied too much and I'm getting ready to go home. It, it feels like a party feels. Okay. Beginning to end when you're just walking in the door and you take your coat off to the very end when you're putting your coat back on and it's been a long night and maybe you've had one too many and now I'm going home. But man, better than the original? Ooh, we... I it it's it's he we've talked about this before so Stevie Stevie Wonder not really Jacob Collier has a history of taking tunes and breaking them <laughs> to the point mm. that they're no longer recognizable he did it with this tune he did it with every little thing she does is magic mm. he also did it with his Michael Jackson cover of PYT which you have heard because I yeah yeah but I, yeah, I remember that because I was like, what is this? Because it was like just a bunch of like instruments going and I'm like, yeah, like I can't even keep up with that. Yeah, I know. I, pl I remember I played it for my father maybe two or three weeks ago. Mm -hmm. And all he could, my father's a pian pianist and has been for 50 something years by now. Yeah. He's played with everybody. It's a whole other story. Um, but he sat there and just the whole time was just like this he was just lost in it because he could understand what jacob was doing mm -hmm. and every once in a while i'd hear him laugh a little you know <laughs> and then by the end of it he was just like <clears throat> he was just in love just completely in love he's like negative harmony <laughs> he's using negative harmony and then every once in he goes He's not in a key, Edward. I know. He's in a half sharp something. He's not in a key. <laughs> and I, I did this with him for a good hour, just playing Jacob Collier things to him. And now he's just totally addicted and it's over. It's curtains on Bob Smith now. But, <laughs> but it's just, he'll take things and he breaks them. PYT, he broke. He completely. Yeah. And even he will tell you that now after the fact. He's like, yeah, I broke it. I went too far. But I, I've played it for other people and it bothers them. It kind of bothered me. I ain't gonna lie. It didn't kind of bother me. What yeah. about it bothered you? Tell me. It's, it's Michael. It's PYT. I mean, that's like my, my favorite Michael tune or top two, three. See? It's just, yeah. I've heard a couple of really good. I'm gonna go, I'm gonna give you two for one on this in a different way. Because okay. I've heard a couple of different fantastic versions of PYT. The first is Jacob Collier. Okay. Did he break it? Yes, he broke it. But I'm but I'm weird like that. I love it. I love hearing tunes broken. If I want to listen to the original, I can. I have yeah. that. Break it for me. Do something else. Go somewhere else with it. And he right. did. And it just the runs he did. Just <laughs> like even vocally, it's just fire. And like the 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 jungle drums at the beginning. You know, yeah. Like I love that. What a great <laughs> idea. Like uh, the man is just genius. Just genius. But there's that cover of it, and then there's also the cover that appeared on Quincy Jones album uh uh uh, uh, uh Q Bossa Nostra. Isn't that uh Tamina or who sings that? Uh is it Tamina or Brandy? 
Uh, I think it's Tamina. No, you're thinking of Rock With You. Okay, okay. Which Brandy covered perfectly. But then, then Tamina, Tamina, Tamina did a remake with Quincy on one of these. She, she covered something. But a move on my heart, which was originally done by Mika Paris. Okay, Mika Paris. Wow. Remember her? I've heard that name. Yes, Mika her Paris. Her is early, very nice. But early nineties. But Tamia, yeah. Tamina, but Tamia wipes the floor with her. It's not even close. Yeah, Mika Paris. That's a name I've heard in a long time. It's yeah. <laughs> she was really, really good. But she, yeah. Tamia, come on now. <laughs> Yeah. But but no, but the and then and then Jennifer Hudson did a cover of "You Put a Move on My Heart" mm-hmm. on Bossa, no, Bossa Nostra. And yeah, absolutely killed it. Like that last, she did that last <laughs> night in full voice. Like what? You're not supposed to be able to do that. Uh, <laughs> Jennifer Hudson is not human. Yeah. But, but but okay. So no, but the cover of uh, of Pyt that's on uh, Q Bossa Nostra is T Pain. Don't cringe. I know, but it's good. It works. I promise. Really, it does. Robin Thicke <laughs> sings the verses. It totally works. I don't know who the... It was, it, there's a, it's a... I had a conversation... It, 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 the, okay. So many things. The song is credited to T-Pain. It's credited as a T-Pain production. It, okay. it, it was actually produced by Mervyn Warren, who was with Take Six. Okay. A long time and broke off. It's actually his production. It isn't T Pain at all. Production credits are very political, and this yeah, is things where I mean Puff Daddy, yeah. It basically, yeah, Puff Daddy yeah. has probably never written a song in his life. Um, that's a whole other issue. Um, but yeah, so but this was basically <laughs> produced by Mervyn Warren, and he told me at the time through Facebook who that who the other singer was that was doing the ad libs. I just can't remember her name. She was a Dutch singer. Okay. He wasn't given credit for doing it, and it's a shame because she had a great voice. Um, but that version is absolutely fire. It's it's so much more forceful. It's so much heavier. T Pain sounds great on it. Yes, it really? has the effect on it, but it works. Mm-hmm. It totally works. The first <clears throat> verse is changed. He rewrote the lyric for the first verse to make it make more sense for him. But it works. Like it's really good. You should you should hear it. I think you would like it. Okay. I don't think you'd be mad at it. You have to send that to me. They didn't break the, he didn't break the tune like Jacob Collier did. Yeah. And I can understand why that has upset people, but I loved it. I don't care. <laughs> but, yeah, just... If, anyway, any, virtually any Jacob Collier cover that you find of anything. Like, he took Moon River and broke it, too, and mm. totally makes it work. Um, uh, uh, don't you worry about a thing the Stevie Wonder tune that's my yeah. go-to I don't listen to Stevie's anymore I listen to Jacob's yeah I said it um, oh boy you and I Stevie I don't go to I don't go to Stevie's you and I anymore I go to Jacob's because it's, it's all acapella it's to, and he won a Grammy for it too by the way if he's Man. here's another rule of thumb if Jacob Collier is nominated for a Grammy he wins it He's never just been nominated. He wins them. How many does he have? Now he has four. Really? Mm. It ain't over. He's been nominated for a couple more this year. Um, and he'll win them. There's no doubt in my mind. He's just crazy. But if he does a cover, it's always better than the original. For me, anyway. That's just, that's just me, maybe. But so, Interesting. Yeah. I'm, d- I'm done. I, that was like <laughs> five and two and one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm done. Jacob Collier covers. They win. They win. Okay. Oh man. You next. 
So this last one we're both kind of familiar with. We both, you know, we both talked about it kind of extensively. Um, so the Jackson Five did a song, you know, back in the day, mid seventies. You know, all I do is think of you, and it wasn't one of the more popular singles. It didn't really like it doesn't get played now, you know, very much. Even the classic radio stations and they play a lot of Jackson Five stuff. Um, but uh, B Five did a version, man. No, I'm just I'm joking. I'm joking. Wow. <laughs> I had to mess with you. I had to get you. Nah, but uh... <laughs> <laughs> nah, but uh, Troop did a version of it in '90. Uh, um, all I do is think of you, and that is because that has become their song. That is their song now. Um, I didn't hear the Jackson Five version until I was like 25 years old. Didn't even know it. Didn't even know it existed. And I've heard a lot of Jackson Five songs, but that song did, does for some reason. I'm not even sure if it, if it got played back back then, but it certainly doesn't get any play today. You know, when you hear you know Jackson Five radio you know, songs played, that's not one of them that gets played. You know, so a lot of people, uh, people, my parents probably don't even know this that this was a Jackson Five song. I'm not even. They might not. They might. They might know it. They might not. I don't know. But uh, nobody nobody talks about it. The troop troop took it, um, made it made it their own thing. It's become a stable of. Um, early '90s, you know, R&B, New Jack Swing, in that era, and it's they made it their own song. It's probably the most popular songs. Oh, it is. Yeah, that either yeah. that or um, either that or Spread My Wings. Yeah, and that doesn't even that's not even my favorite song from them. I like I like Mamacita. That's my favorite troop song. I love that song. Do you? Man, I love that song. So catchy. It's so freaking catchy, man. <laughs> it is. No, I. I, I see. Oh my goodness, man! Like. My mom, my mom told me that when I was a kid, I would sing that. Like, I, man, yeah, that song is so freaking catchy, As a catchy, kid, man. you would sing it. I love it. Yeah, like it, it's just so catchy, man. Like, even now, man, it's like, yeah, it's like, how can you not, how can you not like that song? How can you not like that song, man? I, I, just, I like it. Yeah. I just love that you sang it as a kid. That's. Yeah. I, I had no idea what, it, what we were talking about. I just. Oh, clearly. It. Just, yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, but yeah, so like. But yeah, Troop, yeah, I actually like the first album better than the second album. Um, but uh, yeah, I think all I do was on their second album, though, correct? It was. Yeah. It was spread by yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so, um, you know, that song gets played a lot to this day when you go to like the Quiet Storm stations or you it know, does. State, early 90s stations that played 90s music. That song gets played a lot. And I don't, I don't, like I said, there's probably a lot of people that grew up in that era that, that are like in their 50s now that probably didn't even know that was a remake. That's how good the Troop version was. You want to know the truth? I've never heard the Jackson 5 version of All I Do Is Think Of You. I, I know it exists. I've known it exists. Yeah. I've just never heard it. I have it on my iPod. I've listened to it a couple times. It's, it's not a bad song, but you just heard, you've heard the Troop version so much that it almost feels like the Jackson 5 are copying Troop. That's what it sounds like. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, I can imagine um, But I mean, it, it, it sounds similar. Like I said, if you, if you, like you said, when you hear the Jackson 5 version, you'll know, you know, you'll know the song immediately. But, oh, Troop did that, you know? You'll know automatically, but it, yeah, True True made it their song, kind of like Eddie James did with At Last. You know, it's her song. You know, right? Yeah, you know, yeah, I can't. Kind of just, I can't even imagine all I do is think of you being done by anybody else. Exactly, exactly. Like I said, it, it yeah. B five was just the ultimate insult to my eardrums. Yeah, and they're still necessary. And believe it or not, they're still making music today. Yeah, still making are. music. Hopefully they're better singers now because they certainly didn't have it together at that point. Yeah, that's true. That was just bad. And I love the, I think the best thing about the, obviously the vocals are really good and all I do is think of you too, the troop version, but we can't forget Chucky Booker. 
Like he produced. Oh, turn, track. Turn, turn, turn. Well, he did. Um, isn't that didn't Troop kind of? They, they basically sampled "Turn Away" with uh, "Spread My Wings." It's basically the same song. It's the same song sideways. Yeah, it's exactly. Yeah. But Chucky did it. I mean, Chucky wrote both tunes, of course. The Troop, the Troop version sounds kind of weird because there's like a. It feels like there's like a drum machine that shouldn't be there, or there's like some there's some sound in it that shouldn't be there. So, throws... so the the mix on turn on um. <clears throat> on Spread My Wings has always bothered me because it's just bad. So it's not me then. So it's not just me then. No, it's not. It's just a terrible mix. And it's weird because when I hear it, when I, when I see it on TV, like the music video, it sounds good. But then when you, when you hear the song, like in your headphones or whatever, you, something feels off. Even if I hear it in the car, like it just, there's too much. It's hard to know what's happening, but there's too much space in the vocal and the vocal can't fill it. But do you, do you hear like there's like a drum or there's like something in the background that just kind of like that doesn't, that doesn't need to be there? Yeah, the EQ is just weird on the whole thing. It all just Craig Burbage is responsible for the mix and he should be ashamed of himself. Cause it's and, and the thing is, it, if you took away a couple of things, it'd be a really, really good song, too. It just needs a good mix. The whole thing's off. Yeah. It sounds weird throughout. It's just yeah. skinny. There's too much reverb on it. It just doesn't work. Right. You can hear, I mean, I don't mind hearing finger snaps sometimes, but you, you hear them when Steve is singing the tune. You can hear him snapping. And yeah. It just didn't need to be in the tune. There was already enough drums going on it. Maybe that's what you're hearing that's going a little off is his finger snaps. That could be it. But I hear like a, it's a very distinctive sound. And I'm just like, why is that there? If you took that away, the song would be perfect. Hmm. See, I think I think the issues are a little deeper than just than I think I know what you're hearing, but I think I just yeah deeper. Is just well, but you're a sound engineer, so you can hear stuff that I probably couldn't hear or recognize. But I, that's just one of the things that I noticed right away. I'm just like, like why is that there? Like, just take away this, and it, it'd be a perfect. It'd be fine. It'd be perfect. I need to listen to the video version to see if it sounds better. If it does sound better, then I'd much rather listen to that than whatever's <laughs> happening on that album. Because my- have, have you have you ever noticed? Okay, so certain music, certain songs sound different. Like the video sounds different than the song you hear on the radio. Like I remember, like "Guy Let's Chill" sounds completely different than the video. The video sounds completely different than the radio version. Completely different. Oh yeah, yeah. It's they weird. Did, they did that a lot then. They don't do it so much now, but they certainly did a lot of it back then, where they'd remix it for radio. That's kind of annoying. I, don't, I didn't. I didn't like that. You don't end up with that version. Yeah. Yeah, but in this case, I like the radio version better than the video version for for Let's Chill. Hmm. You see, yeah. I never had a problem with the with the album version. I thought the album version sounded really good. Hmm. And often they would just like cut time because of ad space, so they just end up yeah. cutting up the record anyway. Like I really hate that. They did, they did that with uh, "Don't Be Cruel." Like there's like a, there's like a longer version out there. And yeah. They, like yeah, and they cut they cut off like right when Bobby Brown's really about to go in. They they cut it off. Yeah, they cut the raps out of it. Yeah. Just in order to try to get more ad space, like they cut right. up. Anything that was over like four minutes, they cut up. Like, yeah, come on. So, no, that's a that's a good one. I forgot about all I do is think of you. That's a yeah, such a good tune. Such a good tune. Yeah. So yeah, I, I figured I might, I might as well throw it in there. Maybe kind of criminal if we didn't. It's such a popular song, or it was such a popular song. So. It was, yeah, and I mean, it gave birth to the B five version. So, <laughs> of course, for that they should probably be everlastingly punished. Actually, yeah, because yeah. Yeah, true, man. Yeah, they were like, yeah. I'm not spooked. They were so slept on. They were so slept on. Did you like, have you heard the song Parlay that they did in the late 90s? Yes. 
<laughs> yes, I did. They tried. Yeah. It's like they tried to get rough, rugged, and raw. Like that's not who you are. Stop it. Like. But they, they did do another cut on that on that same album that was more them. Um, I can't get the name of it right now. It's a good song though. It's on their late nineties, I think. It's on that same album though. Hmm. I have to because I, I I remember hearing. Yeah, I remember hearing Parlay and going, "Oh, okay, this is what we're doing now." Like y'all get. Y'all. It wasn't. It, it, it wasn't bad, but they were clearly trying to fit in at that time though. It was just. It was identity crisis, is what it was. Right. Like, remember. Yeah, ready for the world went through something similar in the '90s when they when they. Can tried you to do it like this? Them. Yeah. Yeah, the new, the, new, the new Jack Swing thing. They tried to fit in and it didn't quite work. Uh, Force MD is just kind of completely just flatlined. I don't know what happened to them, but they went straight New Jack Swing, and that's just not they they weren't that to begin with. Yeah, it, it kind of sucked for a lot of those groups that came in the mid '80s, like right before New Jack Swing, because they just completely got gobbled up and all that, and it was never heard from again. Yeah, because they come to prominence with Tender Love and. Yeah, which which is great, by the way. Yeah. But then that's all anybody wanted from them was copies of Tender Love, and it's like that's not really they weren't that's not really who they were. Right. But nobody wanted to hear what they were. They wanted to hear Tender Love two, three, four, and five. Yeah, Love It Love It House was good too, though. Yeah, that's true. That one got over, but that was yeah. kind of a ballad too. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. But that yeah, I remember in the early '90s that did get over, but they had a bunch of other New Jack Swing stuff. Yeah. Just, everybody just kind of went, yeah, no thanks. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of groups didn't, a lot of groups didn't survive that New Jack Swing movement from the, from the 80s. We should talk about that too, like the groups that didn't make it out of there. Yeah, cuz that's kind of like it's kind of make it out of the disco era, like Yeah, cuz it's like a very unexamined what what would what was what would you even call R&B before the New Jack Swing? Like right before like the 80 between the 84 and 87, what would you call that? Like what was it? Maybe like electro R&B. Yeah, like, because I remember, okay, so early 80s, because the late 70s kind of bled into the early 80s. You still had bands and, and you know, things like that. And then, like you said, Electro kind of took over. And Yeah, because the Lindrum took over and the DX7 and Mobius yeah. and, yeah. And you don't, really, you don't really hear about that era too much. You don't hear about that often. Yeah, it's disregarded, but there were a lot of great songs that came out of it. Right, exactly. Like, you had, um, oh, shoot, what was the name of that group? The group from Sacramento. Uh, Denzel Foster, what's his name? Oh, uh, uh, yeah, Timex Social Club. Club and Club Club Nouveau. Club Nouveau. You know? Yeah, they they same thing. They got gobbled up and all that New Jack Swing stuff. They didn't make they didn't make it. No, not at all. Yeah. Of course, they may have had to do that. May have had to do with Jay King's own neglect. I'm I'm not. I think there may be more to it than that. But but there were there were bunches of them that did. I mean, Kashif made his living with that sound for crying out loud. Like. Yeah. And then there was. Um, Oh, I forget who did it. Uh, uh, Cheryl Pepsi Riley. Um, Pepsi Riley. Mm-hmm. Cheryl Pepsi Riley. Yeah, I remember her. Um, uh, ooh, you make my love come down. I forget who did that. Remind me. Oh, you make my love come down. Oh, Evelyn King. Thank you. Yeah, Ev- Champagne yeah. King. Evelyn Champagne. Yeah, Evelyn I King. Think of it. Who was the other one? Uh, what's her name? Um, she said the other one. <laughs> nah. Forgive me, not uh, Patrice Russian. Yeah, she didn't make it out that era either. Well, but she just went into other things, though. Yeah, and I, I liked her a lot. She was really good. I liked her a whole lot. Yeah, yeah. You don't hear about that. That's, a, that's like a very unexamined era of R and B that kind of gets kind of like Angela overlooked. Yeah, I remember her. Who was the other one? Um, <sighs> Phyllis Hyman. And was yeah, her? She committed suicide, right? She did. Yeah. yeah, she had a beautiful voice. 
Um, but who was the who was the other one? There was another lady. She passed away in the late nineties. She was. Um, if you want to be with me, you gotta have a job. If you want to be with me, you gotta have a job. What's the name of that? Um, she did in the rain. I'm gonna send. I'm gonna send you some 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 of her stuff. My uh, brain, because that should be enough to tip me off, and it's not. You, I'm pretty sure you know who she is. She had a, she had a nice voice too. She could sing. Um, she it did. Does she did. Sound vaguely familiar, but she she did she did padlock. Uh, she did. Uh, she was kind of heavier set, but she had a really she had a really beautiful voice. I, I cannot think. I cannot think of her name. She passed away like in '98 or '99, but she had. She, you know, she was moderately successful in the mid '80s, and then. New Jack Swing came, she just kind of disappeared. Um, can't think of her name. Neither can I. And I, I, have, I have some of her stuff in my iPod too, but I can't think of her name right now though. Stacey Lattisaw is another one. Yeah, she quit right around that time, the late the late, the late 80s, didn't she? She quit because they wanted to sexualize her and she wouldn't do it, yeah. Yeah, that wasn't really her thing anyway. That wouldn't have worked. No, 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 she didn't even it. Because R&B was going in a completely different direction. I mean. You know, you were going into, like you said, Karen White, Shante Moore, and you know, Paul Abdul was kind of running around at that particular Pebbles. I mean, yeah, that that wouldn't have that wouldn't have worked for her. So hey, blame blame Babyface. Pebbles, my gosh. Hey, that was a Babyface creation. Never <laughs> has somebody done so much with so little. <laughs> Sorry. Are right. you talking about Babyface? Oh, baby no, 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 no. Well, no, yeah, exactly. Yeah. The way you mean it, then yes, yes. Yeah. Yes. Pebbles did very little with so much, basically. She did everything she was capable of with so much, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But then completely like, tried to screw over TLC. I was about to say, and then she had this fabulous career in management. Like, what was that even about? Like, did she, like, man... The phrase can, for this is how you can sell ten million records and be broke. <laughs> like, like, how do you rob somebody like that, man? Bad deals. Of course, you have to sign them, and they signed them, so it's hard to yeah. know who's even it. But she shouldn't have even entertained the notion of doing it, frankly. Yeah. She should I mean, right by them to begin with, but it's kind of, I mean, I get it. You're 18, 19 years old. You live in, you live in Atlanta, you live in the hood and you, you know, you get out and you see these, oh, you can be famous. And these, these record companies, man, they, they jump on people like that, man. They sniff you out and they take advantage of that. Mm. Yeah. No, well, that was back when they could. I mean, the, the, the one good thing about the fact that the record business is broken is the fact yeah. that you could do so much of it yourself now. Yeah. I mean, if you, hey. I, if you've got a YouTube channel and a you know Twitter a Twitter handle and a Facebook page, mm-hmm. Snapchat if you're young enough. Say what you want about Soldier Boy, man, but he he paved the way. He paved the way. He did. He did. He's another he did. one who did a lot with a little. Yeah, there's no there's no chance to rap without Soldier Boy. That's true. Yeah, that's actually yeah. a good parallel. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you, and then um, oh. Dang, I can't think of his name. Uh, Frank Ocean. There it is. Couldn't come up with it. I remember Frank Ocean. Frank Ocean had a deal with Def Jam. Mm. And then when he decided he didn't like the terms of the deal, he snuck out of it. He was smart enough to sneak out of it just barely legally, snuck out of it, and then made a deal directly with Apple Music. Yep. To sell his record. Crazy like a fox. It's Frank, Frank, Frank Ocean wasn't bad. He was decent. Yeah, I've been thinking about you. It's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, the weekend kind of took his whole thing. 
kind of you well but the, the weekend does kind of a more pop version of it but yeah man the weekend man his music is so depressing man like just like when i hear his music it's like that's kind of music that somebody would kill themselves to like he just his music is so dark and just so i'm not a fan i'm, I'm really not a fan of his what do you think it, I don't. I don't get it either. It's very much the like the German it, music factory. You know. it's, and it's depressing. It, I don't know. It's, his music is so depressing. It's like he's writing songs about being hooked on heroin. Like I can't. Yeah. Is about being hooked on heroin. But he's so popular though. He has so many hits though. I'm like I don't get it. It's because of the. It's because of the beats. It's because the. It's because the 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 producers that are working with it's Max Martin and the, and Shellback and them. You know the ones. But it's just it's that music factory that knows how to churn out hits, and they're following a formula. That's what that's all it yeah. is. It's just I think, still working. Yeah, I think there's only one. There's like maybe two songs of his that I like. I like the one he did with Wiz Khalifa when he first hit the scene. I think back in 2012. I remember. I think. And then there's another one that he did on the the um, Fifty Shades of Grey soundtrack that he did that was pretty popular. But other than that, though, I'm just not not really a fan of his. No, I'm not either. It's just kind of meh, you know. Yeah. I don't but hate I, I, hearing it, but it's just kind of meh. Yeah, I thought Frank Ocean did it better than he did. Well, he did, and he did it more R&B, too. I mean, Weekend yeah. is utterly pop. Right. So they're just kind of, yeah, kind of apples and doorknobs. But unfortunately, I guess they're treading enough of the same territory that... Yeah, exactly. That Frank Ocean can't exist. I don't know. Yeah. So we have talked <clears throat> and talked... And talked, and I'm going to give all of this to you at once because that's how nice a guy I am. You can <laughs> stop it if you get sick of looking at us. But um, but yeah, at any rate. So thank you very much for watching. Um, subscribe. Subscription is always fun. Like the video. You know you liked it. I can see it on your face. You liked it. You were enjoying this entire thing, and even though you're worn out, <laughs> you liked it, and you're glad that you watched it. Don't lie to yourself, okay? You're gonna end up in counseling over it. It's never a good thing when you lie to yourself. So down there, the like button is down there. Trust mm -hmm. me, it's down there. Just just click it. Click subscribe too while you're at it, so we can give you more madness like this. We already have another topic planned. We even told you what it was. That's yes, how nice we are. We told you what it was, so you know what you have to look forward to. So anyway, enough of my blabbering. This has been Ed, and that over there has been Dre, and this has been VinylAlbumCovers.com, and we will catch you next time. Thank you so much for watching. <laughs>